0: Pittsburgh. But we had this machine operations class in high school. You know, you'd do welding and there'd be a welding booth with this incredible exhaust going out of the building Mm -hmm. and you'd see like you know, seven sets of legs under that thing and you're like, I'm pretty sure there's not seven people welding in there. It (laughs) seems like there's something else going on and one of our projects was we were trying to build a go-kart. Well, when we completed said project at the end of the at the end of the semester, one of the kids drove the go-kart out of the class and into the street and then got arrested in Squirrel Hill because it's illegal to drive a go-kart on the street. Randy Bellman and the DVE
1: Morning Show.
2: It's two minutes after six at DVE. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather. There's Center 11. 71 degrees at dve i'm val porter hurricane ida is now tropical storm ida but still very dangerous the storm is surging across southeastern louisiana and southwestern mississippi packing dangerous storm surge damaging winds and flash flooding tropical storm ida has maximum sustained winds of 60 miles an hour ida made landfall yesterday afternoon about two hours south of new orleans And more people near New Orleans being told to move to higher ground. The National Weather Service just issued a flash flood emergency for three communities. This comes after a levee failed, putting 200 people in the town of Jean Lafitte in danger. Rescue boats are on the way, but this could just be the beginning. Another levee may have failed, while water is said to be overtopping others. What's more, there is still the threat of tornadoes there. The top Republican in the Senate is calling the troop withdrawal from Afghanistan worse than Saigon in in the Vietnam War. Mitch McConnell says that's because there's now concern of terrorist plots against the U.S. He told Fox News that won't stop after tomorrow's deadline. He warns the Taliban will operate however it wants, adding the group gets its funding from organized crime, so it doesn't really matter if the U.S. freezes their money. And it looks like North Korea is restarting a nuclear reactor. Satellite images show it's been discharging cooling water since last month. The U.N. Atomic Agency calls this a deeply troubling sign. The country may be on track to expand its nuclear program. The agency's inspectors have not had access to North Korea since 2009 when they were kicked out. It's believed the reactor produces plutonium, which is used for nuclear weapons. The University of Pittsburgh issued a warning to students after several violent incidents over the weekend on the south side. Officials sent out the alert yesterday after two people were taken to the hospital after an unprovoked attack that happened at Carson and 18th Street. Those attackers were taken into custody and a man was shot three times in a separate incident. Pitt Student Affairs sent out a tweet reminding students returning for the fall semester to stay alert and safe when they're out and about in the city. A new study shows that although Americans are talking about mental health more than ever before, most are still reporting misconceptions and barriers to receiving treatment. The study by the National Alliance of Mental Illness found that 78% of Americans struggle to find the right treatment and cost is the most common reason for not seeking professional help. And although 86% of participants surveyed say they understood how mood disorders interfere with thoughts, Those who responded couldn't say how or list specific symptoms. 70% of responders also said they understood treatment could be slow or may not work at all and that mood disorders could potentially affect an individual for life. Despite that, 27% of those surveyed still think a person suffering from a mood disorder has the ability to snap out of it. There was a time when a career in junk meant you were a garbage man or Fred Sanford, but now people can earn a living by doing garage sales on eBay, upcycling old stuff on Etsy, picking antiques from hoarders and, you know, buying abandoned, abandoned storage units. Sure. There are TV shows about several of those things. Oh,
0: yeah. Storage and, wars.
2: Yep. And now a 32-year-old mom of four in Dallas has been able to quit her full-time job 'Cause she says she's making about a thousand dollars a week dumpster diving.
0: It's incredible. A week. You have to have an eye for it and a lot of time. I mean, you're driving around constantly.
2: Her name is Tiffany Cherie. She first got into dumpster diving after watching some YouTube videos about it back in 2016. She mostly targets commercial trash, like dumpsters behind stores like Victoria's Secret, Bed Bath & Beyond, Party City, and Ulta. She says they sometimes toss new or return merchandise they can't sell for whatever reason. Tiffany looks for anything that she might be able to sell and apparently makes enough to help support her family. A grand a week is a lot. It is. But if it seems hard to believe, you can check out her TikTok feed at Dumpster Diving Mama. She shares her scores on her mm-hmm. uh, her TikTok uh, account. Dumpster diving, technically not illegal, but a lot of dumpsters are on private property. And if there are no trespassing signs, the store could come after you and you could be fined. So just be careful.
0: Well, it's it's crazy, Val. I mean, I've talked to you before about selling stuff on eBay or Poshmark or any of those Uh, Websites that you can just sell used clothing, used shoes.
2: It's, yeah, it's like a high tech garage sale.
0: It really is. And if you have an eye for that stuff, like American Pickers is, you know, the pro level. Those guys are going, they they have an idea for what's an antique, you know, when you're looking at old stuff. I don't have that kind of eye. But for some time, like for a lot of people out there, if they have a specific thing that they're into, they know what the market is for those items. And they know that if they're, I mean, if you're getting it for free, like this woman, if she's dumpster diving, I mean, a lot of people go to stores like Marshall's or Gabe's or somewhere and find stuff for cheap that maybe uh, people in other countries don't have. And it's just a designer clothing is in those stores for $10 mm-hmm. and then they can sell <clears throat> whatever that item is for Eighty dollars wow, but it's a lot I mean you have to you know you have to come out of pocket first if you're doing it that way, and then you have to drive to all these different stores and look for the items. I mean, you spend your entire day digging
2: uh the candyman can and did at the box office this weekend. The new horror movie came out on top earning twenty two million The Ryan Reynolds action movie Free Guy came in second with fourteen million. After that, it's Paw Patrol, followed by Disney's Jungle Cruise, and the horror sequel, Don't Breathe 2. In music news, a new Billy Joel vinyl box set features a previously unreleased live album. The vinyl collection, Volume 1, is due out November 5th, and it focuses on his 1970s work. The 9LP set includes all his studio albums from that decade, Cold Spring Harbor, Piano Man, Street Life Serenade, Turnstiles, The Stranger in 52nd Street, plus his 1981 live album Songs from the Attic, which features material from the 70s albums. The previously unreleased live set in the box is live at the Great American Music Hall 1975, which was recorded in San Francisco. Everything has been remastered for the set, and it comes with a 50-page booklet highlighting his early career. Iron Butterfly drummer Ron Bushy died Sunday at UCLA Hospital in Los Angeles at the age of 79. He had reportedly been battling cancer. Bushy, who appears on the group's most famous song in Agata vida was the only member of the Southern California band to play on all six of their albums. And tributes are pouring in for legendary actor Ed Asner. The 91-year-old died yesterday of natural causes. He's best known for playing Lou Grant on the Mary Tyler Moore show, which then got him his own spin. Off. Asner is the only actor to win Emmys for playing the same character on both a sitcom and a drama. He also won five Golden Globes, and he was the voice of Carl in uh, Pixar's movie Up.
0: Oh, that movie is so good. Yeah, great movie. Oh, it's a tearjerker.
2: Chance of a shower today. Temperatures in low 80s. We are at 68 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford, Mike Bursuda uh joe uh Rikiki, our producer randy off until after labor day we'll be joined by jerry Dulack and tim benz this morning as we get ready for the steelers final cuts they made nine over the weekend but uh they have to make all those cuts by tomorrow so we'll talk about that and more it's the dv
3: i don't leland had a great quote to me one time he's like you know what he's like you know what the mitchell report show me just how good barry bonds really is you know what i saying? like go you go look at a lot of guys i mean he was un- he was one of the best players in the game before the PED stuff and mm-hmm. you know listen I think that I think what some guys are struggling in the baseball world now are they feel like now in the last couple of years a few suspected guys that might have done some stuff are in well, Bonds and Clemens just happened to be the poster childs uh, of that era. But those guys are two of the best players ever. Bonds, yeah. you know, I, I've never seen anything like Barry Bonds. It's, just the way he, his eye, the way he, he never looked off balance when he swung. Everything he hit was a rocket. In 2004, he had a 1,400 OPS. It was absolutely, in September, in September, looking back, he was hitting like 370, I was hitting 340, right? We were like one and two in the race. And I like, every time I checked the box score, he'd be like, 0 oh, for one, four walks, like 0 yep. oh, for two, four like it couldn't. His average would never move. It was absolutely unbelievable. Like no chance I'm catching that guy, and I'm slow <laughs> as can be. So I'm like, you know, I'm getting thrown out from left field and all that stuff. So like, <laughs> you know, it's unbelievable. Barry Bonds is walking four times a night. And, you know, I'm hitting balls left and diving in first. You know, it was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, you know it, it's hard for me because I do know you know I I can empathize with the players whose careers were cut short because they they didn't right. use PEDs. I mean, when people talk about Ken Griffey, I always you know kind of counter with if he did use PE, he wouldn't have been hurt all the time. Right, right. right. You know, imagine what he would have done. Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. I've seen him with his shirt off. There's no way he used PEDs. <laughs> <laughs> he
4: hated like, working out, I'm like, right? Oh,
3: dude, it's unbelievable. Listen, it's a great story. He hated working out. He never was in. He never lifted, you know. Right, and he and then when he got hurt, you know, he had kind of trouble coming back and stuff. So one day he's coming out of the training room, you know, and, I, and I'm going into the training room before the game, and we start wrestling, right? And I'm like, I got this guy. I haven't seen him in the weight room in six years, you know. There's no doubt. I'm in the weight room all the time, right? So, bam, we we lock up and 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 we go start, you know, start wrestling. And he was big on, like, a he was a big pressure point guy. He'd, like, he'd hit you with the Vulcan death grip. You like get ready to go hit, bam, you're with the Vulcan death grip. You're in the dugout, like, ah! Trying to face Randy Johnson. Griffey's got me in the Vulcan death grip in the stairs. I'm like, you know, what's going on? Here? So, so, so me and Griff go to, like, lock up, and, you know, boom, I got him. I'm like, I got this guy. I can't wait. I'm the greatest hitter of all time. He takes his two fingers, right? <laughs> shoots him under my ribs like in a place no one's ever grabbed another human like, like you know like the Vulcan death grip under your ribs he grabs me I'm like oh I'm so. he picks me up like I'm a three-year-old child above his head and has me against the wall I'm like, oh,
1: oh, oh, oh. I'm
3: like no wonder you have 600 some homers I
1: had no idea you were this
3: strong with your shirt off you
5: look like a
1: slob.com D.V.E.
5: Sports. I'm Mike of for DVE Sports, brought to you this hour by Bridgeville Appliance. The Steelers have trimmed their roster from 80 to 71 in advance of tomorrow's mandatory cut to 53. That's going to have to be accomplished by 4 p.m. Steelers are scheduled to practice today, tomorrow, and Wednesday before taking a long Labor Day weekend off. Among the initial reductions, probably the most notable is wide receiver slash punt returner Matthew Sexton.
2: Oh, that poor kid.
5: Who Ugh. seemed like he was in position heading into Friday night's preseason finale in Carolina to cement uh, a roster spot for himself with a attention-getting punt return or two. Instead, Sexton muffed one, and uh, that was that. <laughs> hmm. I
2: thought he muffed two.
5: Uh, he bobbled a second one. He oh, okay. recovered it. All right, The first one that he actually muffed. The Panthers recovered in the red zone, and that set them up for an easy touchdown. On the way to their 34-9 victory over the Steelers Friday night. Uh, Also getting the gate, tight end Marcus Ball, running back Tony Brooks-James, cornerback Shakir Brown, defensive tackle T.J. Carter, wide receiver Anthony Johnson, cornerback Lafayette Pitts, guard Malcolm Pridgen, and safety Lamont Wade. Uh, Not playing for the Steelers in that 34-9 loss. To the Panthers on Friday night, a bunch of starters, Ben Roethlisberger, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cam Sutton, Najee Harris, Joe Hayden, Terrell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Shobert, Trey Turner, Devin Bush, Alex Highsmith, Zach Banner, TJ Watts, Stefan Tuitt, Tyson Alu-Alu, and Cam Hayward. Another guy who uh, maybe had something on the table and let it slip away was Dwayne Haskins, uh, A lights-out performance uh, may have allowed him to supplant Mason Rudolph as the backup quarterback instead. Haskins got absolutely nothing accomplished. Mm -hmm. His first half numbers 3 of 9 for 24 yards with one interception and a passer rating of 2.8. Haskins came on late after Josh Dobbs was injured and actually directed a successful two-minute drive at the end of the game for the Steelers' lone touchdown. But uh, nothing you saw Friday night. Led you to believe there's still a debate as to who the backup quarterback is going to be. Which is fine, because Haskins is a long-term project anyway. Right. Always has been. And credit credit to him for looking as good as he did before Friday night. But uh, Not uh, certainly what he was looking for, not what the Steelers were looking for from him. No,
0: that was rough. I thought, Mike, his best pass of the night was a completion. It just didn't count. Because Ray Ray didn't get his feet in.
5: Yeah, Ray Ray McLeod let him down twice. There was another long one that McLeod dropped, which would have made the numbers look better. And probably both of those plays would have led to points. So it would have been a better performance, not you know the -the off-the-charts disaster the stat (laughs) sheet would suggest (laughs) that it was. But, yeah, that throw you're talking about, the one down the sideline, uh, McLeod somehow was unable to run in a straight line and keep himself from going out of bounds, but... Dropped it right over the cornerback. It wasn't exactly a wide-open throw, but it was a perfect throw. Yeah. And, you know, I think Dwayne Haskins showed you he's got mobility, he's got arm talent, uh, still work to be done in terms of the consistency. The throw that get, ended up getting intercepted was behind T.J. Watt in the flat. Bad throw. You just can't miss that guy there. It, Watt is reaching behind with his right hand while he's running left, and it ends up getting deflected up in the air. Can't miss that one. Um, he did. So that's that. <laughs> but – uh Steelers will, uh, as I mentioned, practice three times uh, this week. Take the long Labor Day weekend and then get back at it a week from today as they get ready for the Buffalo Bills on September the 12th in Buffalo. Some other NFL news. The Ravens aren't going to have J.K. Dobbins this season. Uh, torn ACL. Absolutely devastating, Out for the year. And uh, every year, X number of players get it in the preseason. Uh,
0: and it's, this year, it seems like running backs are going down like flies.
5: I mean, Travis Entienne, yeah. Cam Akers. High-profile guys that uh, their teams were counting on. The Ravens did resign Gus Edwards in the offseason to a, a two-year, $10 million contract. He's pretty good, uh, but he's not J.K. Dobbins. We can at least put the Chase Claypool versus <laughs> J.K. Dobbins second-round debate on hold for a year. Well, he's definitely going to have a better second season. Claypool. Claypool is. Well, you, you would hope. Yeah. If he does anything at all, he's going to do more than uh, J.K. Dobbins. I mean,
0: look look at the, that running. The, the way that Baltimore had so much success last year was through multiple different runners. Yeah. Not only did you have Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, but then you got the quarterback and Mark Ingram. They so sh- now two of those guys are gone.
5: This shouldn't. You know, stop the Ravens in their tracks. They'd obviously much rather have J.K. Dobbins than not, but they know how to run the ball. They'll find somebody else. Will they be as as dynamic? Not not in terms of whoever replaces Ingram, but they'll still be an effective running team, and uh, they'll still be a handful. Saints are headed to Dallas to practice at AT AT&T Stadium for three days. Uh, They are getting out of New Orleans, uh, or they got out of New Orleans, excuse me, in advance of uh, Hurricane Ida. Which uh, Category 4 hurricane, which has made landfall in New Orleans. Um, Saints are uh, not unaccustomed to this kind of thing. Uh, when Hurricane Katrina hit, they played the entire 2005 season uh, in the, Houston.
0: Or where did they play?
5: They played the games in Baton Rouge. Uh, they set up their operation in San Antonio, Texas. And they played one home game at the uh, Giant Stadium in the Meadowlands.
0: Yeah, that was a lost season
5: for them. They're supposed to open up at home on September the 12th against Green Green Bay. Uh, Pirates pulled one out of the fire yesterday against St. Louis. The Bucks entered the bottom of the ninth inning, down 3-1. to one. They hadn't gotten a hit since the fourth inning, and they only had three singles uh, all day through eight innings. But a couple of walks and then a home run by Yoshi Tsutsugo. Who? Tsutsutsugyo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deep to right field, the Pirates win it. Four to three.
2: Has he been on our team all season? No, no, he no, hasn't been on the no, team for no. very long. Uh-huh. Okay, good. He just got here. Okay. He's one of the guys. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I've never heard of him. No, he's one Am of the I guys who's
5: gone through the revolving door. Uh, you I guess After a while, you just can't keep up. <laughs> I mean, it's
2: okay. Then I'm glad it's not just me. No,
5: you're fine. Uh, <laughs> Pirates improved to four and seventy-six when trailing after eight innings. It's like the
0: Pirates are airbnb at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like different people are staying the night.
5: We 40, don't know who they are. 48-83 on the season. How about this for a stat? Chris Stratton gets the win for his uh, one inning of scoreless relief. He's 5 and 0. Hey, on a team that's 48-83. That. It's alright.
1: Bright spot. You <laughs>
5: should probably you should probably demand a raise. I saw a stat. And then they'll tell him, "No, but we will
0: get rid of you." <laughs> I saw a stat, Mike, that that was like the the Steelers trailing by more than one run like two or more. We're 0-86?
5: I I heard that. Coming into that game or something wild like that. Down by more than one in the ninth. It's a ridiculous number that they never do that. But they did it yesterday. Hey. They did it. Off day today, they'll uh, begin a short series at the White Sox on Tuesday. Pirates also reducing their roster over the weekend. They finally uh, ended the Gregory Polanco disaster. Polanco designated for assignment. And speaking of... uh, Stats you didn't see coming. I didn't see this one coming. Gregory Polanco leaves the Pirates having played 697 games in right field. Fourth in Pirates history. Behind what? R- behind Roberto Clemente, Paul wow. Wayner, and Dave Parker.
4: Wow. What?
5: Yeah, that was my reaction too. I mean, I knew he'd been here a while, but I didn't right. know. Right. Oh man. Will
2: be remembered in quite the same Not way. Not
5: as though. memorable, I agree. <laughs> Career numbers Whew. included uh a batting average of .241, 96 home runs and uh 362 RBI. You know there was a time before he got hurt, oh man, where he was a better than average big leaguer and he was trending in the right direction at Didn't hit immediately when he came up, and there was a ton of hype and all that. And it looked like the excitement was there in the beginning. Looked like he was finally turning the corner, and then he got hurt, and then he's just been awful ever since. And uh, thank God they, I mean, that had to end. Yeah. That had to end. The whole waivers thing, but he didn't get picked up, so he's still on the team, and then he's crying about the fans, and uh, people are yelling, and it's mean. Hope he doesn't end up in New York. (laughs) He thinks Pittsburgh's mean. Hmm. Best wishes, Gregory Polanco. Wherever you go, yes, yes. Enjoy the assignment. And I'm glad it's going to be somewhere else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, Jerry Dulac going to join us at 7:45 this morning, and Tim Benz at 8:45 this morning. We'll talk Steelers and now well, anything else we feel like talking about. It. It's the you
1: D- get your podcasts.
2: It's a Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta, Joe Rakiki, our producer, Randy Bauman, is off for uh, the big finish before the fall season starts. Trying and to get
0: that last vacation in under the in. door.
2: Yeah. Where'd he
5: go, New Orleans or Reno? <laughs> oh, man.
2: My gosh. Yeah, Either everywhere those, he loves to go is getting no good. crushed with natural disasters. Uh, Bill's got some unnatural disaster <laughs> at home.
0: Oh, man. By the way, thank you to Joe Rakiki, who continues to show his talents by having the Home Improvements <laughs> theme song underneath us. Um, yeah, I'm under siege with home improvement projects That is my the house. thing about
2: home ownership. It's just... It nonstop, something to do.
0: Something is always going wrong. And now I'm to the point where when I go over to visit someone's house, I'm asking them, not how are you doing? I'm asking them, hey, where'd you get that motion activated pull down kitchen faucet? I like that. I'd like to get it for my house. (laughs) And if I come over to somebody's house, oh my God, if I come over to somebody's house to visit and they don't have cracks in the driveway with some weeds growing out of them or a faded open welcome mat, I'm not even coming in the house. I'm already filled (laughs) with shame and I can't take it anymore. Who is doing all this? Who's (laughs) able to take care of all this? When I was a kid, I I always dreamed about getting a house and, and having my own house. You know what I didn't dream about? Replacing the breaker panel. <laughs> I was dreaming as a kid about putting a zip line from the tree house into the pool. Not watching YouTube videos of how the hazards of knob and tube wiring. <laughs> Everything in my house is just... When we moved into this house, the reason that I bought this house, the reason that it was still on the market, was they said, well, it needs a lot of updates. Good that's, bones. That's realtor speak for... There's a lot of crap you're going to have to replace. <laughs> right. And everywhere every I look, there's something else.
2: If you get a good deal, it could be worth it.
0: Yeah, but then... Unless you, just, you hate doing the work. Well, I don't know how to do the work. <laughs> that's That's the problem. So I got to outsource everything. And then, you know, something goes bad. And it's just, you know, I used to love watching the show Fixer Upper hmm And I can't even watch the anymore. Is
2: that uh, Chip and Joanna games? Yeah. Okay.
0: And it's the most unrealistic way to do home improvement projects. First of all, everybody on that show is a school teacher with a $600,000 budget.
2: <laughs> right. and well, then, I always wonder that, too.
0: And then they end up finding a, a seven-bedroom house with an acre of land for seventy five grand, <laughs> And then still dedicate all the money to do all the projects. Nobody does all the projects. Every single one before they move into
2: the house. Yeah. That's, that's not realistic. That is true. That's TV show stuff.
0: And then the biggest scam part of the show, you know how at the end when they entered it, when they pull away the, the, to show the all map the ship of the lap. old house and then they show you, yeah, your brand new house, is that they stage it with uh, furniture from Restoration Hardware. Yeah. So none of that not stuff cheap. is the people who's going to be moving in. That's not their stuff. Right. And one thing is for sure. You're not buying a house, getting it completely renovated and buying a $3,800 shiffin robe from restoration <laughs> hardware. You're not doing that. Um, I don't know. It's houses are a lot of work. My, my plumber said, and now I have a plumber, you know, it's like it, you, you when you become a homeowner, you have to have a guy. Yeah, I'm in constant search of a guy. Mm-hmm. I need a guy for this. I need a guy for that. I need a handyman. I need a.
2: And if you have a whatever, a mm-hmm. plumber, an electrician, as opposed to the plumber, yes, like that means you have a guy. You found a guy who's great, and you're going to stick with him.
0: This is my guy,
2: my plumber.
0: Right. And you don't want to share them because people are like, "Hey, wh- who is uh, who do you get to do your?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't have a guy. <laughs> I pretend because I don't want to share them. If I find a good one, but uh, my plumber said that there's basically two ways that you can go in home ownership. You can either be proactive or reactive. Mm. In other words, you can anticipate what might break down and replace it, or you can let it blow up.
2: A lot cheaper to be proactive.
0: Yeah." But which camp do you think I would fall into if you had to guess?
2: Pretty sure I know. Oh,
0: it's MacGruber at my house. Everything is blowing up at the same time. I had plumbing issues because, you know, my girls uh, are girls, so they shed in the shower. And so every time I go to take a shower, it's ankle water right right from the beginning yeah it's nasty and then it was starting to fill up even further and i go girls what what is what happened in here and they said oh well we forgot to tell you we twisted off one of the shampoo bottle caps and it went down the drain (laughs) wow and i said that's a big cat that's a huge when did this happen they said probably like a month ago (laughs) oh good so that's probably going to be a thousand dollars. Now there's
2: a backstop in the <laughs> drain.
0: And then you know the house was built in the 50s or early 60s, and it's just everything needs to be replaced now. So they they I had shower handles. You know, how shower handles have like a stopper mm-hmm. one way or another. Yeah. Like they're all the way you on. Get to the end. They're all the way off. Not these. Uh. Uh-uh no they're like so, a steering so it wheel. was like a yeah it was it was like where how are we gonna get this to go it's it's like a puzzle every you're piecing it together one handle's pointing over here one panels over there the dog's in the middle like what do you want from me um i don't know
2: my niece has uh a slew of kids <laughs> she said she had to call the air conditioning guy over the other day she's like it's like 110 degrees here the air yes. conditioning's not work the the guy found a whole packet of gel pens in the, <laughs> one of the kids. Oh no! Jammed it down like yeah. the the vent.
0: That's what happens. So you don't know, like if if the kids do something and it might blow up in in a couple of weeks. I I just I'm struggling with the order of things because I have so many different projects. I mean, I need a new roof. My roof is is in horrible shape. My mom came over to visit the first time and said, oh. Sweetheart, the house is beautiful. Get a new roof, though. It looks like you've had a fire. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks, Mom. Thanks a lot. I mean, I just have, I got the bathrooms. I got this. I got that. I got the other thing. I have all this custom cabinetry. And then I started to price out the materials and think what it would pay to become a carpenter, to have a carpenter come over. And and I was just like, Jesus. And matter of fact, that's, I think that's why Jesus became a carpenter. He was like, <laughs> I'm not paying this. I'm going to learn how to do this myself. <laughs> it's
2: just too much. Get a skill here.
0: Other too than much. I honestly- Healing <laughs> the sick. You know that that carpentry school on uh, 376 oh, yeah. uh-huh. going out to the right. airport? I'm going to give them a call. I'm, yeah. I'm dead serious. You got
2: some interns who want to earn credits for class? Get them over here.
0: I'm sick of not knowing how to do stuff.
2: <laughs> That's what YouTube's for, Bill. Well, good luck with your projects. Thank you. <laughs> and keep us updated. News coming up next, and uh, we'll talk about parents who now owe their son tens of thousands of dollars for trashing his porn stash. That's up next. It's a TV. DV-
5: Pittsburgh. Pirates pulled one out of the fire yesterday against St. Louis. The Bucks entered the bottom of the ninth inning, down 3-1. to one. They hadn't gotten a hit since the fourth inning, and they only had three singles uh, all day through eight innings but a couple of walks and then a home run by yoshi suitsugo who (laughs) suitsugio yeah (laughs) (laughs) deep to right field the pirates win it four to three
2: has he been on our team all season no no he hasn't been on the team for very long Uh, okay good. he just got here he's one of the guys (laughs) i've never heard of him no he's one of the guys who's
5: gone through the revolving door Uh, after a while you just can't keep up (laughs) i mean it's
2: Okay, then I'm glad it's not just me. No,
5: you're fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like the pirates are Airbnb at this point. Yeah. Like different people are staying the night. Randy
1: Bellman and the DVE Morning Show.
2: It's six minutes after seven at DVE. Here's the Channel 11, Severe weather, s- weather Center 11. 71 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Keystone Basement Systems, highest rated, most trusted KeystoneBasementSystems.com. I'm Val Porter, dozens of patients need to be moved after Hurricane Ida damaged roofs and caused water leaks at two Louisiana hospitals in our southwest of New Orleans. One of the hospitals is moving 21 patients. The other has to relocate 45 patients. The hospitals are part of the Oxner Health System, which operates more than a dozen medical facilities across southeastern Louisiana. Val, and, did
0: you see the, the video footage yesterday on the news of the, the roof being ripped off? that house I mean it's just incredible
2: yeah Uh, And a pair of Pittsburgh Red Cross volunteers have gone to Louisiana to aid in efforts following uh, landfall of Hurricane Ida, which came ashore Sunday as a Category 4 storm. Vietnam veterans Charlie Williamson and John Breitweiser are expected to be in that area for at least two weeks. Ida, shutting down nearly all oil production in the Gulf of Mexico. Energy companies had stopped more than 95% of crude oil production Sunday. The only U.S. terminal able to unload supertank The Louisiana offshore oil oil port had stopped deliveries before the hurricane hit. These developments are pushing up crude oil prices that could lead to higher gas prices. The price at the pump had been falling for more than a week. Health authorities say an anti-mask billboard in South Park Township is spreading dangerous misinformation. Doctors reacted yesterday to the billboard by saying people should get their information about masks and COVID-19 vaccines from reputable public health sources and local physicians. The billboard at Brownsville and Broughton Roads calls for people to stop getting tested for COVID-19 and that masks don't work. The Journal of the American Medical Association says most mask information on social media Social media is created by bots that are overlooked by fact checkers. The defense's system designed to protect Kabul airport took down as many as five rockets today. A U.S. official said the automated system detects incoming rockets and uses a machine gun to destroy them before they can hit their targets. There are no reports of casualties in that incident. The American official said the rockets aimed at the airport were likely launched by ISIS-K, but he cautioned it's too early to know for sure. A wildfire in Northern California inching even closer to Lake Tahoe and now people living nearby are being told to pack up. New evacuation orders were issued last night as crews fight to keep flames from the town of South Lake Tahoe. The two-week-old fire has burned through 263 square miles and more than 600 structures with thousands more at risk. Crews are bracing for another difficult day due to strong winds. It's getting a lot more expensive to say no to COVID-19 shots. 70% of the nation's largest health insurance companies are no longer waiving COVID costs. A Kaiser Family Foundation study said their rationale is that picking up the tab for a COVID patient's hospital stay runs counter to encouraging Americans to get preventive care. A new CDC Mm. study shows the risk of hospitalization is 29 times higher among the unvaccinated. That's compared to those. Those who are immunized, the Kaiser study also found another 10 percent of health insurance plans say they will phase out cost sharing by the end of October. A Chicago couple uh, couple sticking the bill to guests who said they were coming to their wedding but pulled a no show. A viral Twitter post shows Mm -hmm. the newlyweds Doug and Deidre Simmons sending out invoices to those guests for 240 bucks to cover their costs. I love it. At first a lot of people thought the bills were fake but the New York Post reports they are in fact real. Reaction to the bills online has been mixed, some people praising the couple but others scathing them for taking that action. What
0: what is your stance on this because my feeling is that's why RSVPs exist and I understand maybe if, if you give a heads up and say listen something last minute came up, I got sick, the kids got sick, couldn't get a sitter, whatever the situation is and you let me know all right no harm no foul i'll eat the money but you don't you say you're coming and then you just no show it and then no no message i'm sending you a bill
2: <laughs> i don't know i think you just gotta kind of take that risk what if they send you a gift still what if they're like you know what we couldn't make it but here's here's your gift
0: i would maybe just send out a text or <laughs> is there a gift in the mail yes or no
2: does it equal the cost of your dinner right
0: can you just re just cancel that uh gift and just send me a check
2: (laughs) it's reportedly splurge season millennials and gen z are opening up their wallets a survey found 70 percent of millennial and gen z respondents are getting back to spend in cash on things they missed during the pandemic 60% 60% said they're actually spending more money now than before COVID. 51% said they splurged on a trip over the summer. And 50% said they are spending money going to restaurants and bars, which you're supporting the local economy. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. Definitely. So. A couple years ago, a guy named David Working got divorced, then moved back in with his parents. Well, his parents then threw away David's vintage porn collection, Allegedly valued at (laughs) $29,000.
0: By him? (laughs) Right. Who valued that collection? What is
2: a vintage porn collection? I don't
0: know. VHS? What are we talking? I don't know. Betamax?
2: David decided to sue his parents. The case was finally settled. His parents have now been ordered to pay (laughs) $45,000 for throwing away his 12 boxes of porn. He'll get 30 grand. uh, And his parents get 15 grand.
0: Oh, man. Or the
2: the attorney, sorry. I
0: mean, most kids, you know, collect baseball cards and have a pretty decent collection. Right. I didn't think porn um, appreciated like that.
2: They should have just thrown him out because it would have saved them right. a lot of money. <laughs>
0: Dude, you can't move back into your parents' house with 12 boxes of porn.
1: Come
2: yeah,
0: on, that's, man. Uh, that's... you got to bring a suitcase and a couple things. <laughs> maybe a dresser.
2: Maybe that's why he's divorced.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would say so. 12 boxes? Does he know it's free on the internet?
2: Who, right.
0: <laughs> and who values
2: this? Are the, are the American Pickers guys no telling way. him, you know what, <laughs> that is worth 29 grand? The
0: American Jerkers, they come <laughs> in and they're like, um, we're looking for vintage porn here. Found it in the
2: garage. Yeah. A-track. Unbelievable. So last week we celebrated National Dog Day, and uh, here are a few dog facts, just because, you know, no reason. 53% of Americans think dogs make better pets than cats. You can't I mean, walk a cat. It's tough.
0: Oh, I've never seen it. It would be funny to see. A cat on a leash? Yeah.
2: I think I've I've seen it.
0: Is it, is it like... Are they just miserable?
2: They don't walk. They're not they're not quite as adept at walking as dogs are, but I mean on a leash. But you can do it. Seventy-nine percent of women and sixty-seven percent of men find it attractive when someone is outwardly affectionate towards dogs. Sixty-eight percent of dog owners let their dogs sleep with them at least once a month. Once a month? Once a month <laughs> it's like every night. A poll found 45% of Americans have at least one dog living with them. That was done before the study, done before the pandemic, though, so that might be higher now. Our favorite dog breeds of the year are Labs, which I feel like Labs is a the best. perennial favorite, mm-hmm. uh, Golden Retrievers, and Alaskan Malamutes.
0: Oh, whoa. That's an exotic one on which, the list. Those are the ones that look like huskies, but they're yeah. bigger. Yeah,
2: that's the kind of dog that gave me this scar on my lip. Yeah, it was a total accident, but
0: the, those dogs can can get nasty for sure.
2: Well, it was it wasn't it was just playing with me and just happened to catch my lip. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a total accident, but forty nine percent of us think we could beat a medium sized dog in a fight. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty confident. 23% say they could take down a large dog if they needed to. Uh, Unarmed, I'm not sure you're I winning that. I don't know. Any fight yeah. for the dog. Does it
0: have a running start at you? Yeah. Because I don't feel good about that.
2: Just like fingerprints, every dog's nose print is unique. I didn't know that. 70% of dog owners include their dog's name when they send out holiday cards.
0: Did Did you do that?
2: I don't remember. I don't hmm. think so. Uh, That's
0: a little little extra.
2: Yawning is contagious even for dogs, and they're four times more likely to do it if someone they know yawns rather than a stranger. (laughs) Australian Shepherds? Not from Australia. No? They were originally bred in the U.S. That's false advertising. Puppies are born deaf. They can't hear until they're about three weeks old, but dogs are not colorblind like some people think. They can see blue and yellow pretty well. Oh. Uh the largest dog ever was a mastiff named Zorba that weighed three hundred and forty-three pounds. What? The smallest was a chihuahua named Millie that weighed one pound. That's an offensive lineman. <laughs> I know. I used to want a big dog. Like I really wanted a big dog. Like what but kind? Like, like what
0: breed did you like have... a mastiff. Oh wow.
2: Yeah, like a French mastiff. Yeah. A a hooch. <sighs> Like Turner and Hooch, I those dogs are beautiful. But yeah, now but I'm at the point. if they drool on you,
0: your whole head right. is covered. Exactly.
2: Now I'm at the point. That it's like I have to be able to pick you up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's
2: like forty pounds ish.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, my sister had that Dane, and he was a walking obstruction. Like if we were sitting in a room, regular chairs, talking to each other, and he walked in. We can't see each we can't see each other anymore. <laughs> right. And then he would come in, and just you'd be face to face with them. Sit when you're sitting there, right? And yeah. Like, oh
2: my god. Yeah, Great Danes are awesome dogs. And,
0: and you take him. He was such a a docile and like gentle, kind mm-hmm. dog. Like he never growled at anybody in his whole life. But when you took him out, and there were other dogs around. Other dogs would go crazy because you know that whole thing of like pick the biggest guy in the him. yard yeah. and ch- challenge him to a fight, and he would just shrug it off. The, but then he would think it was a play and go, Urgh! yeah, and all the dogs would scatter because <laughs> it was like okay, a, a mini horse just got into the action. Yeah, I I couldn't do the big dog, just the food. That's a that's a financial and, commitment, and then the result of the right, food, right? <laughs> yeah. Too much. Yeah,
2: that's a two-hander. <laughs>
0: oh my 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 sister was uh staying at my parents' house for something I think after my mom had surgery or for an extended period of time and my dad was like, I'm cleaning bombs up in the yard that I just I mean, I'm using garbage bags at this point. It's just he's ruined our yard. <laughs>
2: Oh, my. In uh, music-related news, Anthrax, like Bob Dylan Metallica and Pat Benatar's husband, Neil Giraldo, now have their own whiskey. I'm not sure if it's called Anthrax XL (laughs) or Anthrax 40, because it's to celebrate their 40th anniversary. Nice. Uh, It's a smooth, Solera-aged, single-barrel bourbon, finished for 40 days in a 20-year-old Oloroso sherry cask. Which I don't know what any of that means, Nothing, but not one <laughs> if you're part a bourbon it. drinker, you might. They're like, oh so my! So there God. you go,
0: single barrel.
2: Uh, (laughs) foo fighters making good on one of their promises late last week the band brought 11 year old drumming prodigy nandy bushel on stage while the band was in inglewood california this comes after nandy defeated dave grohl in a drum battle last year so he told her he would bring her out to a show she came out on stage and got to play on drums uh forever long she took to instagram to thank everyone who helped make that incredible night happen she's awesome if you haven't mm-hmm. seen her on on YouTube or social media, you can check her out. She's she has put out a bunch of videos of her drumming, and she's she's pretty cool. Forecast today: rain or thunderstorms possible. Temperatures in the low eighties. It's seventy one at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Mike Pursuta on the way with sports at the bottom of the hour as the Steelers get closer to their fifty three man roster. And Jerry Dulac talking Steelers. Tim Benz too. Uh, that's at eight forty five. It's the at a location near you.
1: D.V.E. Sports.
5: I'm Mike Pursuit of Fort D.V.E. Sports brought to you this hour by Kia. Friday night's uh, preseason finale at Carolina presented several Steelers with an opportunity to make a statement in terms of uh, their ability to either crack the roster or carve out an enhanced role for themselves. And several Steelers were heard from, just not in the way they <laughs> or the Steelers envisioned. The punch snap of the veteran Jensen. This punt is going to be short. Uh Steelers let it hit and then take it on the bounce Uh, and fumble it. uh, Carolina pouncing on it. The ball's picked up by a Carolina Uh, player and into the end zone for a touchdown.
3: The punt was muffed, recovered by the kicking team. It'll be the kicking team's ball at the spot of the recovery, which is the 15-yard line.
2: Is that an official official term? That was,
5: that was former wide receiver slash pumper yeah, returner Matthew yeah, Sexton, yeah, yeah. who has since been cut. Uh, then there was this from quarterback Dwayne Haskins, who was taking a stab at supplanting Mason Rudolph as the backup behind Ben Roethlisberger. Snell gets a fake. Bootleg right, and the pass is intercepted off the hands of the intended receiver. Derek Watt
6: didn't squeeze it, and Carolina said thank you. As coming across to defend him, I think, was one of the linebackers who picked that pass
5: off. Dwayne Haskins throwing behind Derek Watt, and he reached back and got one hand on it, but the ball was picked. Part of a disastrous night for Haskins, at least until Haskins came on very late in the game, uh, replacing an injured Josh Dobbs and actually cobbling together a decent two-minute drive against a bunch of guys I'm sure the Panthers will cut if they haven't cut them already. Uh, not uh, what the Steelers were after, 34-9 to nine Carolina. Nine cuts already made, including Matthew Sexton.
2: So will they wait until all the cuts are made to determine the practice squad?
5: Yes, they have. Okay. Everybody that gets cut has to go through waivers, and then you can uh, 24 hours, and you can bring guys
0: back. I gotcha. Yeah,
5: those okay. players have an opportunity to be signed by another team.
0: It's yeah.
2: not like we're cutting you, but don't go anywhere. Well, they I mean, say I can to tell them.
0: them
5: that, but yeah, there's there's a chance they won't be available uh, as planned. Um, Mike, as I tweeted out on Friday night,
0: I had very low confidence that that game would be enjoyable, but it somehow receded my expectations. I <laughs> saw that that was, that wh- was tough. That was well worded.
5: <laughs> oh, Woo, and uh, you know I think it. In Mike Tomlin's way of doing things, there will probably be no bold announcements regarding uh, who's the backup quarterback and who's the number three, but uh, it looks pretty clear that it's Mason Rudolph and then Haskins behind Roethlisberger, and that's fine, because uh, Haskins has done enough to show that he's worth continuing to work with, and you see where this can go, and it's likely uh, a non-impact this year, but who knows what's going to happen at that position next year, whether Roethlisberger comes back or if he's done, if he is done, Do they go out and get somebody? Do they try to replace him from within? Uh, Possibilities uh, are are out there, and Dwayne Haskins may someday be an impact player here. He may not, but uh, worth keeping on the path you're on right now and just continuing to see what he's got and how he fits in. Uh, Practice today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Then they take the long Labor Day weekend, and they'll get back at it a week from today. Getting ready for the Buffalo Bills on September the 12th. Pirates stole one from St. Louis yesterday. A three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning off the bat of Yoshi Tsutsugo. And Val, you had asked uh, last hour, has this guy been on the team long? Because I really don't know who he is. He has not. Uh Pirates- No. Pirates signed him in in mid-August. Here's the backstory on Yoshi. That was
2: like last week. (laughs) Yeah.
5: (laughs) He's 29 years of age, hit uh, 205 home runs in 968 career games in Japan. So he's one of those guys that does well in Japan and then gets signed uh, later in his career by the major leagues. Made his uh, big league debut with Tampa in 2020 after signing a two-year, $12 million contract. He hit 197 in 51 games. Mm. This year, Not great. played a few games with the Dodgers. Twelve of them hit one twenty. Went, Spent some time in AAA, and he ended up with the Pirates in mid-August. Since coming to the Pirates, uh, he has played in 13 games, and he's hitting three thirty-three. He has nine hits. Look at that! Five of them have left the ballpark, including that bottom-of-the-night home run yesterday.
2: He found his home! That's right. It's usually the other way around.
5: Well, maybe. I mean... You know, the big Nagowski got off to a hot start here too, and he's not around anymore either. So this has kind of been –
2: I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Oh, you do that
5: because (laughs) – You have to have a short-term memory. (laughs) I was actually down there yesterday, and, I mean, it was ungodly hot. They were dead at the plate. They had three singles in a row in the fourth inning. That got them one run. Oh, by the way, on a sack fly by Yoshi. So he had all four RBI yesterday. Wow. But they hadn't had a hit going into the bottom of the ninth inning since the fourth inning. And then they get two walks and a dinger. And when he hit that, the sound was powerful. Oh, yeah. I saw the clip. Left and, the park. And it was gone immediately. And, uh, you know, the 18 or 19 people that were still there really seemed to enjoy- <laughs> <laughs> not I'm exaggerating a little <laughs> bit. But, uh Quite a day for Yoshi and, and quite an afternoon Oh, uh, the, walk, for the look, Pirates. A
0: walk-off home run is still a walk-off home run. To see the ball bouncing on the concourse out there in the concrete yeah. next to the river is still tremendous. That's a great way to end the game.
5: Pirates are off today. They'll start a brief series in Chicago against the White Sox on Tuesday night. Uh, Gregory Polanco finally designated for assignment over the weekend. Cole Tucker was brought up from AAA Indianapolis to take Polanco's roster spot. Tucker started at second base yesterday and uh, th- this stat will continue to amaze me. Gre- Gregory Polanco leaves the Pirates having played 697 games for the Bucks in right field. Fourth all time since 1901 behind Roberto Clemente, Paul Weiner, and Dave Parker.
0: Boggles the mind. It will that is be a,
2: memorable for a different reason.
5: A trivia question that nobody will get right. College football cranked up uh, to a degree over the weekend. There was a smattering of games, uh, more coming up. It's back, and uh, the local teams are going to get into action this weekend. Saturday at noon, number nineteen, Penn State is at number twelve, Wisconsin at three thirty. West Virginia is at Maryland, and at four o'clock, UMass visits Pitt. Good thing Pitt's playing UMass in football and not hockey because UMass is the defending national champ in hockey, Hmm. the reigning national champ. Of course, Pitt doesn't have a hockey team, so it would be hard to get that. That would be tough. That matchup's going to be elusive. uh, (laughs) I just felt like mentioning UMass won the college hockey. Right here in Pittsburgh, as a matter of fact. Hmm. Nice. So it really doesn't mean anything, but, you know, it's late August.
2: It is. It's two weeks until the Steelers Opener. It's a
0: long break, Mike. Thank
2: gosh.
5: Well,
0: don't they know we're excited?
5: Cuts to uh, fifty-three tomorrow by four o'clock, and then you can take a nice long Labor Day bill and make sure your seventy-five jerseys are all clean. And <laughs> you've got the order figured out when mm-hmm. you're going to wear each one and where. And oh, believe the me, rotation I, the, that's already been worked out. You got that figured oh, out? Oh yeah. yeah. What What is the rotation? The rotation
0: is. Uh, based on my feel for that week, who we need to play b- better, bigger, who we need to see more from. Most of my most of my jerseys are defensive players.
5: So you're light on your feet and the plan changes according to performance.
0: Yeah. I got a player, I got a defensive player of, at every level now. I got a <laughs> TJ Watt jersey. <laughs> I got a uh, Devin Bush jersey. And I got a Minka Fitzpatrick jersey. It's just, which one is it gonna be? And then you get the throwback block numbers. It's a lot that goes into it. I don't have any away jerseys though. I'm I it's not that I'm a, opposed to the white jerseys, but None. None. How many black ones do you have?
5: Ten. You have no white jerseys. Not one. I gotta get one. Now's so they, the time, Bill. Once you figure out what number Schobert is, get that one.
2: They start on the road.
5: Well, has he picked a number yet? Well, I mean, he's still 45 right now, but I don't know if that's going to hold or not. Because some guys that have numbers now aren't going to have them by 4 (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. Right. Numbers will become available.
2: We'll talk that and other Steelers news with Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette. Up next, it's a DV.
5: It's
2: a DV morning show. I'm Val Porter. Mike of Bill Crawford. Producer Joe Rakicki joining us now from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, as well as part of the DDE Steelers pre-game broadcast. Jerry Dulack, brought to us by Don's Appliances. Good morning, Jerry. How are you today? Well, good morning to you. I am fine.
6: I am sitting here uh, looking out at the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, so I'm doing okay. Well, wow. Suns up. Guys blue.
2: And today's well, National Beach Day, so it's good that you're oh, there. Who is it?
6: Thank, it is. thank you for telling me. I'll celebrate by being at the
2: beach. <laughs> <laughs> Happy National <laughs> Beach Day. So, Jerry, uh, the Steelers uh, already made some cuts, have to get down to their final 53 tomorrow. Um, any disappointing performances that you, well, do you want to talk about what disappointing performances they displayed on Friday night?
6: well i I think we saw one of the guys uh, already get cut matthew sexton when he when he muffed two punts that 's like the biggest Tomlin no no ball security and as soon as he did that, he was on his way out uh, despite a couple of nice returns during the preseason um i think uh, I, while I think Jalen Samuels is a very dependable back, knows how to run in the NFL picks his spots their best pass catching back um he might lose out. I'm not certain of that, but, in uh, you know, when they're only going to keep four running backs and a tight end, he's, he might be the odd man out. But what I'm curious to see is what they do at punter. Um, you know, if if they uh, keep Presley Harvin, then they are determined to move on from Jordan Berry because after what Presley Harvin has done in the preseason, um, he has not earned his way onto this roster. To, uh more inconsistent than Jordan Barry, those booming punts that we sometimes see in practice, you just don't see in games. And and if they keep him, I'll be a little surprised. Uh, even though it appears that every year they want to try to move on from Jordan Barry and don't.
5: Yeah, he really picked it up, Barry, uh, this preseason yeah. as well. You know, kind of answering the challenge from Harvin, just the fact that they drafted a punter. Uh, he he performed well. And he's the better holder you know, of the two.
6: Yes. And, you know, Mike, even after they cut Dustin Colquitt last year, which was another example of them wanting to move on from Jordan Berry, you know, they're bringing in a guy who had no leg left. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, you know, he he had the best season of his career, average watch. Um, and even the other night when he had a long field, he boomed that one punt, you know, 55 yards in the air. And whenever Presley Harvin has had a long field, he has not taken advantage of that by showing off his leg. And that inconsistency to me now, will he clear waivers i 'm sure they 'll put him on the practice squad if he clears waivers, uh, but i I just I would be surprised uh, and i 'm with you, I think Jordan has performed well in the preseason and i 'll be surprised if they cut him. getting back to
5: the running backs, Jerry. Uh, what we saw out of Benny Snell the other night, most of his carries were for little or no gain. He, he had the one seventeen yarder. I went back and looked at it Saturday morning and Believe it or not, the 17-yarder was the one where they actually had it blocked upright and he didn't get hit in the backfield right after he took the right. handoff. Uh, right. I think he's he's on my team, let me put it that way. Do you think he's on theirs?
6: Yeah, Mike, well, I'm with you there, and I don't only think he's on the team. I think they're still committed to him as their number two running back, even though their number two running back isn't going to get a lot of carries. I think they'll want to throw Kalen Balaj in there occasionally. Look, we know Najee Harris is going to get the, the bulk of the work. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not ready to move on from Benny Snell. He's had some injuries, but he has proven when it matters in a regular season that he is a he is a good number two back. Um, you know, he's a guy who gets uh, stronger as he goes on. He's been a good second-half running back. And just because he's had a lukewarm preseason because of injuries, I'm not ready to say, oh, let's get Benny Snell off the team and, and put Anthony McFarland ahead of him, or even Kalen Balazs, based on what we've seen in the preseason. Do I like Kalen Balazs? Yeah, but am I all of a sudden gonna sit there and say, "Oh, he's the number two running back based on some carries against the other team's second teamers"? No, I'm not gonna. Ma- I'm not gonna make that leap of faith.
0: Jerry D here with my weekly TJ Watt contract question. <laughs> the best part about that game on Friday night is that it's over, in my opinion. And I, I was under the impression that a deal was going to be done soon after the lights went dark in the Carolina stadium. W- what are you hearing about the TJ timeline and the likelihood that he's going to ink that extension this week?
6: Well, uh, Billy, what I'm hearing is, a, is what I heard uh, last week that uh, shortly after this final game, um, they will, uh, he will be back at work and they will get the deal done. And it will be a monster deal that I was told we would make him the highest paid defensive player in the league. Now, you know, we'll wait and see on that. Um, you know, Khalil Max at 141 million total value. Joey Bosa's, I think, 27 million annual average. Um, but you know, he's, if he's not, if he's not, uh, or, you know, above that, he's going to be right near that. Um, but I would expect that to happen this week based on what I was told. You know, it's not, it's not an acrimonious situation, Billy. There's no, nobody, there's no stare down here. There's no, wait, I want this, I want that. They're waiting to see, uh, you know, who blinks first. I've been told there is none of that. Uh, So I would imagine that, uh, you know, they're just waiting for the right time to get to uh, get everything done, and I I would fully expect that to be this week.
5: Jared, they've been very high on uh, Trey Norwood throughout this process, and they even gave him a look at Nickel Corner Friday night gave up a touchdown on a, on a wide receiver screen, dropped an interception when he was playing free safety, had that bad play in Philadelphia that ended up becoming yeah. a 79-yard TD or something of that nature. I, I think he's on the team, but I don't see a lot of opportunity to use this guy, at least not as a rookie, other than on special teams.
6: Well, Mike, you hate to say that's why he was a sixth-round draft pick, um, but that's probably why mm-hmm. he was a sixth-round draft pick, because he didn't, doesn't have the speed to close on the guy, but I think they really like him, Mike. Uh, and I th- I don't think they're going to hold anything against him playing that nickel position for the first time uh, when they really didn't want to use him right away. You know, they were hoping between Antoine Brooks and Arthur Millette that they could settle that. Um, but so I don't think anything would happen the other night. They're going to hold that against them. Uh, and I would, uh, yes. And, and, you know, you, you brought up this point the other night, Mike. You can't count to 10 defensive backs on this team and I'm with you. I can't get to 10 either. Yeah. But I but and that's counting Trey Norwood.
5: If you so have a yeah, if you I, have a standard like this guy's good enough, he can be on the team. You you run out.
6: Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think if they if they mm-hmm. you know let him go, um I think somebody would pick him up and uh I I think they want to keep him on the team.
5: How many guys do you think they bring in from uh, other people's failed 53s?
6: I I don't think many Mike. I I you Couple. know their offensive lo- I yeah, I think I I think maybe a veteran slot guy, you know, corner. Um but beyond that, you know, maybe maybe a uh you know a, a safety who can play for, uh slot. Um I don't see it uh you don't know, see it anywhere on offense, not even the offensive line. Um you know, maybe the defensive line, although I tell you what, I've been very impressed with Isaiah Bugs uh, this preseason. I was very impressed with him the other night. Me too. Um and, Boy and, Davis um, has played well there too. Yes, he has. And so and you know, and they're they're gonna keep louder milk, obviously. They're not gonna move on from him. Um so and and you know, according to Mike Tomlin the other day, you know, Chris Wormley has played well. He looks a little bigger and stronger. You know, he played but he was injured so much of last year it was hard to evaluate him. Um So And and linebacker, they've taken care of those spots. So really the only place I see that happening, Mike, is in that secondary, whether it's a safety or corner, but somebody who is likely capable of uh, playing in a slot.
2: Thanks, Jer. Uh, Looking forward to you on the pregame with Mike Bursuta and uh, Bob Labriola. But you have a two-week break until, until we get rolling in the season. So enjoy the beach. Stay at the beach.
6: I will, and that's the reason I came here because of that sixteen days in between games. And happy beach day to y'all!
2: Enjoy. Uh, we'll uh, hear from Jerry uh, next Monday. Coming up at eight forty-five, Tim Benz, as we continue to uh, get ready for the Steelers little, season. Little, little tone there,
0: the A Little
2: Mark Madnesk uh, out for Jerry. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> so
2: <laughs> I gotta uh, go. <laughs> News up next, it's DVE. 70 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Sunday was a somber day at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware as the remains of the 13 service members who died last week in a suicide bombing just outside the airport in Kabul, Afghanistan, arrived back in the U.S. President Biden was there for his first time to witness a dignified transfer, which honors slain service members returning to the U.S. Prior to the transfer, uh, transfer the president met with The families of those slain service members hours after Thursday's attack, Biden said, quote, these American service members who gave their lives were heroes, heroes, heroes who have been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others, end quote. The State Department has named Pittsburgh as one of 19 U.S. cities recommended to Afghan refugees for resettling. Federal officials this week are providing online instructions for refugees who have been granted special immigrant visas to resettle in the U.S. Other cities on the list include Cleveland, Dallas, Chicago and Las Vegas. Afghan citizens have been fleeing their country since the Taliban's violent overthrow of the nation's elected government. President Biden is taking action to make sure Louisiana recovers from Hurricane Ida. He approved a major disaster declaration as stormwaters are expected to continue to strain levees and pumps. At least one levee already failed in Jefferson Parish, about an hour south of New Orleans. That sent more than 200 people racing for higher ground. The hurricane also caused 22 barges to break loose and float downstream on the Mississippi River. Hurricane Ida also leaving New Orleans in the dark. The entire city lost power after transmission lines were knocked out the storm hit the state yesterday as a category for killing at least one person and blowing roofs off of buildings i was surprised to wake up this morning and find it was downgraded to a tropical storm already
0: yeah i mean yesterday you know i'm sitting there watching that as it's about to to make landfall and it's the winds are up over 100 miles an hour and it's just ripping stuff ripping roofs right off of of houses and buildings and and then the then you're gonna have to deal with the flood water and just mm. those people it's unimaginable what they have to deal with and by the way why do they have these guys on the weather channel standing <laughs> out in the winds we know Not it's the windy same thing i was nervous that jim cantor was going to get smacked with a stop sign that was just going to come flying through the air right yeah or a smart car crazy take a fiat to the face we understand it's windy <laughs> right yeah why we don't are need you to taking to... the f that gator approach to weather <laughs> reporting <laughs> right
2: Parents with students at Canon Mac schools are waiting for a court's decision on a temporary restraining order overturning an optional mask policy. A judge is expected to make a ruling on a lawsuit filed last week by a group of parents asking for an injunction to require students and staff to wear masks. That hearing is set for 2 p.m. today. If you're looking for employment, the Live Casino at Westmoreland Mall is set to hold a pair of hiring events today. Available positions include food and beverage attendants, line cooks, game dealers, security personnel, and entertainers. Events will be held today from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and 3 until 6 p.m. at the casino's recruitment center inside the Westmoreland Mall. Pre-registration is encouraged. You can get more details at pittsburgh.livecasinohotel.com slash careers slash hiring event i'm sure if you just go to their website and look for it you'll be able to find it and like i told jerry dulac it's national beach day today bill i know you made it to the beach i did uh but for those who didn't is uh popping a corona or having a daiquiri while your feet are in the baby pool good enough yes Uh, (laughs) a recent survey asked people how often they go to the beach, and 2% of Americans said they go every day. So they literally must yeah, live, they, they at, live the the beach. at the beach. right? Uh, the most popular answer was once a summer or once a year. About half a surveyed make that trip. Another 19% said every few years. 7% have never, ever been to the beach. Really? Uh, the poll also found our favorite thing to drink at the beach is water. It's followed by lemonade, beer, pop, and those yummy daiquiris. That just screams the beach. It's the best. Yeah.
0: Or like a nice little spicy marg. Come on. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Ugh. I just think a frozen strawberry daiquiri in that that shapely glass. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Is that Listen a hurricane glass? Listen to some glass? steel
0: drums.
2: Right. Our favorite sunscreen brands are Banana Boat, Copper Tone, and Hawaiian Tropic.
0: All all starters.
2: No Ben de Soleil for this entropetan. <laughs> uh, what is what's there was one that I used to love and I can't remember the name of it now.
0: Copper tone was the, like the oil.
2: Oh yeah,
0: Hawaiian. Hawaiian Tropic too. Had the that oil. was yeah. I mean, I,
2: we never that used sunscreen. Bottle.
0: It was oil, and and what protection is the oil giving you? Maybe right. five.
2: It, pff, it, no, not even that, I because bet. It goes
0: the other way. Yeah, it starts to cook.
2: One in eight say they never wear sunblock.
0: Have to. You have to now. Yeah.
2: Well, I, yeah, I got skin cancer cut off my back last year. Ooh. And I said, huh, who would have thought that back in the 80s when I was laying on a silver blanket rubbing <laughs> baby oil all over me that 30 years later oh, it would be a problem? Whoever it's thought not that. Funny,
0: but it's funny. It, yes. I mean, what we were all doing, my mom used to, you know, we used to belong to this club called the Golden Racket. And she would go and just lay out for the entire day. Oh, yeah. Every day. Yes. With oil.
2: Yes. And a huge boom box in the backyard and a squirt bottle.
0: Yeah, you know those chairs that had, like, it was like a rubbery yeah, material uh-huh. where it was like the jelly shoes? It was like the, the jelly shoes. Across.
2: Yes. Yeah, and your butt would sink was... down in oh, between yeah. the things.
0: You wear that thing out. Right. <laughs> Get all greasy.
2: Uh, 29% of us, according to this survey, have gotten a little frisky at the beach before, and another 43% want to. That
0: I mean, it's not as romantic as it seems in movies. There's a lot of sand in a lot of places.
2: Yes. And if you do have sunscreen on, it sticks to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's
1: so. it's a
0: mess. It's it's like um deconstructed sandpapers happening.
2: <laughs> it's quite <laughs> abrasive. Uh so happy National Beach Day. Maybe uh, maybe you're listening to us on iHeartRadio
0: at I, the beach. So. I love the beach. Kids have not been to the beach more than, you know, once in their life. And so that your kids, yeah, my kids. And so this year we're, we're on the way down and, and Kennedy's talking about, oh, I'm scared of jellyfish. It's jellyfish season. And I'm, you know, nervous. And we're all saying, no, don't be nervous. First 10 minutes in stung by a jellyfish.
2: (gasps) No. Oh yeah. Oh no. right, Right away. Right away. So what did you do? Uh we just
0: did what the lifeguard told us. Basically you just pour like continue to pour wet sand on it. We don't didn't pee on it. Okay. Because um you know, number one it was on her thumb, so that would have been weird. we um, had to leave the beach for the day. Um just pour wet sand on it. It hurts and then it goes away. She was back in the ocean ten minutes later and, and oh, I actually well. thought it was great for the trip because the thing that she was most scared about happened right away. Right off the bat. And you realize, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And then Emma came out, like, holding her butt. And she was like, my butt stings. My butt stings. And I said, she said, what do you think this means? And I said, I think it means you've been hiding a rash from us, Em. Yeah, the ocean will heal you, but it hurts to heal. It does hurt to heal.
2: (laughs) In music news, uh, Neil Young, after pulling out of Farm Aid next month, is urging his fellow artists to put their tours on hold to help stop the spread of COVID. He writes on his website, Garth Brooks and others like him have been responsible and pulled back from doing shows. That's a good example. Yeah. Uh, uh, other artists who have put shows on uh, and tours on hold include Nine Inch Nails, Stevie Nicks, The Cult and others. Uh, but the show does go on for the likes of Dead & Company, of course, Uh, kiss they're continuing the tour but had to cancel the show last thursday here in pittsburgh and they canceled shows over the weekend uh paul stanley testing positive on thursday so neil young has not done a show since farm aid of 2019
0: how fired up would you be if you went all the way out to star lake and then it was canceled after you already were there
2: yeah i'd be pissed oh but i don't know i'm not sure why I maybe they just at that point got a test the positive test back, I guess. I don't know.
0: Seems super late in the game to yeah. cancel a show. Yeah. Oof.
2: Jerry Cantrell of Alice in Chains has teamed up with Gibson for the limited edition Jerry Cantrell wino Les Paul custom guitar. Only a 100 models have been produced. You can check out the video about the guitar on YouTube. Last year, Carol Baskin assumed ownership of Joe Exotic's Zoo in Oklahoma as part of a legal settlement. She has finally dismantled it. She sold it to a couple last June for $140,000, but it did come with stipulations. First off, the property cannot be used as a zoo or to house exotic animals for 100 years. Wow. Uh, Secondly, the owners cannot name any business on the property after Tiger King, its former name, the GW Zoo, Joe Exotic's name, or even the words tiger or big cat. Carol's husband said, quote, if it became an RV park or a storage unit, we don't want it named Tiger King RV Park. We would like the 20 years of mistreatment of animals there to be forgotten and to be history. I'm sure that somebody will. Well, I don't know why they didn't didn't sell it to a developer.
0: Carol Baskin wins again. Yep. I mean, and she just dethroned the king. Yeah. Like that is endgame. I bought your zoo, dismantled it and made it so that it can never be a zoo again.
2: Yes. I win. She does. He's still trying to get out of jail, though, so we'll see how that works for him. Another Tiger, Tiger Woods, his backup putter heading for a new home. ESPN reports the Golf Legends 2002 Scotty Cameron backup putter sold for over $393,000 at auction. I don't know if this is the club that Elon used to smash out the window of his car when she found out that he was cheating on her nonstop. Uh, The club is now believed to be the most expensive one ever sold. Ryan Carey, co-owner of Golden Age Golf Auction, said Cameron only made one or two putters every year, which means there are only about seven that even exist. However, Woods' putter was not the highest-priced item at this auction. Gary Player's 1974 Masters Trophy was purchased for over $523,000. Forecast today, chance of a shower or a thunderstorm. Temperature's going to be in the low 80s. We're at 70 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Mike Brasuda on the way with sports. Uh, Steelers had uh, the weekend off as far as practices go. They'll be back at it today as they get ready to cut the roster down to the final 53 by tomorrow at 4 p.m. That's on the way. And Tim Benz at 845. It's a
1: DVE
5: Sports. D- I'm Mike Pursuta for DVE Sports brought to this hour by Dormont Appliance. The Steelers have already begun trimming the roster in advance of Tuesday's 4 p.m. deadline for the cut to 53. They're down from 80 to 71 in the wake of Friday night's 34 to nine preseason-ending loss at Carolina. The notable deletion: wide receiver Matthew Sexton, who had a couple of big-time punt returns in the first three preseason games and was maybe one more of those away from making the roster instead a muff a turnover Uh, and uh thanks for stopping please drive home safely you don't have to go home but you can't Mm. stay here sucks for that kid Mike it does
0: we're all rooting for him he made a big play he makes
5: the team probably
2: (laughs) I saw that I'm like oh you are making their job easy yeah
5: and he probably knew that too yeah there was a lot of game left to deal with that. To know that. But oh. uh, it's tough to make it and I, uh, I know
0: the feeling that's like when you bomb and you're the MC mm-hmm. and you have to keep coming back up <laughs> to introduce the other comics and close the show. It's like oh, I just, <laughs> just want to
5: leave. Hey, you know, he's got to stay with it. He's still a young guy and he he put some good stuff on tape and stay at it. And maybe maybe there'll be a shot down the road. In terms of getting to that fifty three Quarterback looks to be set. Uh, Roethlisberger, Rudolph, Haskins. I think they'd bring Josh Dobbs back for the practice squad if they can, and they probably would be able to. Running back, uh, they kept five of those last year. If they keep five uh, again this year, to me it comes down to Benny Snell or Jalen Samuels for that last spot, and I think it's Snell because I think if something happens to Najee Harris, Benny Snell is all of a sudden the guy. Yeah, you know they're not going to d- they're not going to dress five in a game. Uh, he plays a lot of special teams as well as does uh, Kalen Balage, Balage excuse me. And uh, Snell's role is his insurance, I think, more than anything else. Uh, definitely more than day to day impact of the game. Anthony McFarland will still be the first back off the bench into the game because of the matchup thing and the you know yep. spread formation. Running back as a wide receiver role that he's going to play.
0: Yeah, Mike, don't you think Jalen Samuel Stock has gone down because the the, the attraction to him was his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, and then with McFarland last year and Najee this year, that's become less and less rare on the on the roster.
5: Yeah, he's a, Matt Canada's got a lot of familiarity with him, but he just hasn't been dynamic, and there are other guys to do his job. Wide receiver, they kept five last year. Now. The aforementioned plight of Matthew Sexton seemingly creates a spot for Ray-Ray McLeod as the punt returner and kickoff returner. If Ray-Ray's number five, can you cut Cody White or do you keep six? Um, More on that in a minute. Uh, I think they find a way to keep Cody White. Tight ends, probably keep three of those again, uh, and it'll be uh, Ebron, Fryermuth, and Gentry. Kevin Raider's an NFL tight end. I just don't think he's going to be an NFL tight end here. Hmm. Uh, Offensive line, nine of them. Uh, Veteran backup Joe Haig is the ninth, I think, because he's the backup right tackle right now. I know they've been working Dan Moore Jr., the rookie out of Texas A&M, a lot on the right side. I don't think he's ready yet. Going to be sooner rather than later, but not quite yet. Linebacker is an interesting position. Uh, They kept eight last year. If they keep eight this year, it might be the four starters and then a Melvin Ingram, Jameer Jones, Robert Spillane, and Buddy Johnson, uh, the rookie out of Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. That seemingly does not leave a spot for Quincy Roche, who's another draft pick with a little pass rush going for him. Cassius Marsh, uh, he can play. I just don't see a spot for him here. He's, been one of, he's kicked around to a lot of teams. He's you don't played. think he's done enough? I, I think you keep... A young guy such as uh, Jameer Jones over him, even though really, they might be equal or Marsh might be a little bit better. Uh, I like what Marsh has done this preseason. Just don't see a spot for him. Uh, Ulysses Gilbert, Marcus Allen, back up inside. Guys, i not not sure that uh, they've done enough to secure spots, particularly if you want to keep a guy like Buddy Johnson a, a higher draft pick this year who is probably going to be a, a scholarship-slash-special-teams player, but uh, a young guy worth developing. Defensive backs, they kept 11 last year. I've got nine this year, and that includes Arthur Millette, who's really done very little because of injuries. But Mike Tomlin considers him an NFL dude. Yeah, that's he's how, a pro. That's how Tomlin discuss. So even if he's number nine, uh, do you have a tenth? Is, is Mark Gilbert cornerback worth keeping? Do you go get a guy? I think you go get a guy. To get you to 10. And even if you do that, you still don't have 11. That might be your Cody White spot where you have him to be kind of a special teams jack of all trades. Uh, Defensive line, they kept six a year ago. If you keep six this year, you're letting go one or two pretty good players. Yeah, they got a glut there. Wormley, uh, who came over as a veteran free agent addition from Baltimore last year, didn't have much of a season because of injuries and the transition was tough with the, you know, screwed up. Preseason process, but uh, Cam Hayward has endorsed warmly. I love Wormley. Uh I think he makes it. Uh, Carlos Davis or Isaiah Bugs? Do you let uh, Henry Mondu go? He's uh, one of those big guys who can play special teams for you. That's going to be a tough cut. uh Specialists, there's going to be three. It's going to be Chris Boswell. Then I think they keep the draft pick Presley Harvin the third at punter, and I think Christian Koontz is your new long snapper. Uh, just a suspicion on my part. Uh, for what it's worth in uh, the preseason finale at Carolina, Cody White played on the punt, punt return, kickoff, and kickoff return teams, as did Jameer Jones, as did Roche, as did Buddy Johnson. So they got a lot of tape to look at. And, you know, the, the guys who are at the very bottom end of the roster are going to have to be core special teams players. They seem like they have a lot of candidates there going to be interesting. Some some positions they don't have quite enough, others they got too much. Which is why guys go back and forth, you know. Steelers will grab some guys from other teams cuts, one or two, and uh, some of their guys are going to get picked up.
0: Any bigger names, Mike, that that have any likelihood that they'll clear waivers and be able to be on the practice squad like a Bugs or a Davis or one of those kind of
5: guys? Yeah, I mean the, the practice squad is bigger and you can have more guys that have more experience than you used to be able to carry so there's a lot of flexibility there uh in terms of what you have available you know you'll have more practice squad like you did last year because of the covid and i wonder if that's going to impact the final 53 maybe more than it did last year because you you're going to know you have these guys available and it's easier to bring them up and down uh, in terms of getting them active if you need them so if they're on the practice squad they can practice and you know you don't need the 53 on game day anyway so I would
0: keep a guy like Marsh just because to start the year you don't know uh what TJ's hitting ability is going to be you, you don't do not. you know you, you want to start with a nice rotation and, and work those guys in especially with two it two for the for the defensive lineman I mean don't
5: know about him either
2: is he around
5: he's here yeah or he's been here for the most part. Uh, hasn't been in shape and hasn't practiced in eleven on eleven yet. TJ Watt hasn't practiced eleven on eleven yet. He's in phenomenal shape, presumably because we've seen him working out there every day.
0: That's why I would put an emphasis on the guys that can contribute right now to start the season. That's I'm weighing that a little bit. They more. may
5: they may as well, and maybe that's where a guy like Quincy Rocher. Hey, we like you, but you're not ready right now, and we need right now. For Buffalo, mm-hmm. that might be that might be a big part of the thought process because that's that's a huge game. Obviously, they're all uh, huge games. You only play seventeen of them, but
0: but right out of the
5: gate, and the Bills are you know looking good, but having all kind of internal issues with uh, the the vaxers and the anti vaxers in their locker room. Good, what a thing to potentially affect your team. It's weird. I mean, so do you want to be on the team or not? This is how the team is operating. Yeah. It's a weird
0: stance to take when everybody is kind of already took their stance. Yeah.
5: That uh, regular season opener is September the 12th in Buffalo. Pirates get a three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning last night. And Dinger. Beat the, yesterday <laughs> afternoon, excuse me, beat the Cardinals 4-3. to three. Yoshi... Sutsugo, I can't say this guy's suit, suit, name. Sutsugo, T S U T S U G O. Do you pronounce the T in in uh, Japanese or is it
2: is it Sutsugo?
5: Sutsugo. Sutsugo. Yeah, that second suit is emphasized. Sutsugo. It went. It was gone. Gone. <laughs> Gone's ago. That was something. Couple. Of, they had done nothing since the fourth inning offensively. than a couple of walks and pow. Day off today and uh, at the Chicago White Sox. You know that
0: Please. meme, Mike, of the gif where the guy wakes up and just starts clapping? That's what happened <laughs> down at the ballpark last night. Everyone's like, oh, bottom of
2: the ninth. Like, oh, my God. What?
5: Man, that thing left in a hurry.
2: That was fun.
5: If Crash Davis was the catcher and he said, anything that travels out for ought to have a freaking stewardess on it.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Mike. When we come back, we'll talk to Tim Benz and get his thoughts on the Steelers and their cuts. Uh, Moving forward, it's the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter, Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta, Joe Rikiki is our producer. Keeps us on track. Joining us now, Tim Benz from Trib Live Sports and part of the DVE local pregame show for pittsburgh steelers football tim brought to us by don's appliances this morning how you doing tim
4: how's it going everybody ready for the regular season that's for sure after that
2: yeah but this long wait
4: wait i know right this is quite the lull. I'm I'm not prepared to have it kind of dial back and then
2: ramp
5: back up again. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird.
2: Yeah, like everybody's getting their vacations <laughs> before Steeler season starts. Yeah,
5: I'm actually fine with it. I'm blowing out of town later this week. Yeah, and I'm gonna party it up. Yeah. for three or four days
4: and
2: before then, school then get, starts. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. I'm heading to a scenic, beautiful Athens, Ohio to see Syracuse and Ohio University. My oh oh, Brad. Yeah, and uh, it's you know this is this is who Syracuse has become. We return MAC games now, and we're underdogs in them. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to this.
5: This is a little bit house divided.
4: Yes, it is. It is a house divided. But then we are united in the fact that really neither team is going to be going all that much
5: further. Than, you know, than way, so. I don't think I can pull that off, Benzie.
4: What going to what, having somebody in your house that is a direct rival at yes. this point? Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
5: I am. I am not. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Uh, rational enough to, to deal with that. When well, co-
4: I think for Syracuse football, I'm sort of in a Pirates fan frame of mind, where you know my rooting interests are, are down the colors. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm beaten down to the point where I can't get that fired up about it.
0: I had a friend that I went to high school with that ended up marrying a Cleveland Browns fan, oh, and he cool. said during the season we just we really don't talk a lot. When we it's were, uncomfortable
2: when we were at the hall of fame inductions i saw several couples walking together with steelers and browns jerseys it's on. It's like bloods and crips you very
0: don't you strange. don't expect to see Close it doesn't
5: work you know my my brother is a michigan state guy and he married a girl who went to wisconsin and one time she said well you're you put up with this but what if i had gone to michigan and my brother came up with the greatest answer. He said, well, then you would have been an a-hole and I wouldn't have married you.
4: <laughs>
5: there's a certain
4: personality trait that goes along with the university that you could not overcome had you have gone there. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yes. Tim, the Steelers are getting ready to make their final cuts, get down to the uh, final 53-man roster by tomorrow afternoon. Is there a player that you saw in camp that you were really high on but as this as camp went on and you saw them play you were like nah not so much and then the flip side is there a player that you were lukewarm on that you now think needs to be on this team
4: uh the first one would be sexton who's already gone the punt returner who was you know probably on the cusp of making a case to make the team and then fumbled away a punt and botched another one. So I understand why he was let go. So that would be my answer to the first question. Um, I was thinking the whole time you were set up the second question, Val, that my answer would be Jordan Berry. Because, you know, I've, I guess I've been lukewarm on Jordan Berry, much like Steelers Nation has for the better <laughs> part of his career, which is like he's always good enough to make you think he's good enough until he isn't. And then you uh, – say, okay, well, he'll be replaced next year. And then he's, they've gone for two or three other guys they've tried to replace him with. And What does he do? I think he goes out and has the best camp of preseason he's ever had uh, after we were ready to anoint Presley Harvin, the punter. And I still think that'll be the case. But uh, I don't think Barry has to make the team to me. I, I guess then my answer would be, I don't know, Mike, what do you think, Jameer Jones maybe as a pass rusher? Oh, uh, total
5: off-the-radar guy, off guy for me, yeah. And uh, yeah. another one that fits in, we were talking about this a little bit in sports I think Cody White's a football player. Now they got a lot of receivers here, and I think you got to get a little creative to get him on the team. But I think I want him on the team. Well, I was
4: kind of getting that camp before the Detroit game, and then like he played, but he didn't even get a target, did he?
5: No, but he's he's a special team first kind of guy that that wouldn't kill you potentially at wide receiver you know as a not as a return guy but as a cover a block and tackle special team guy.
4: Yeah, and that's not a terrible idea especially in the sense that like they're not going to have, you know, a, a ton of running backs that are going to help them in that context. You might need the wide receivers to do that kind of dirty work in special teams.
0: Tim, where do you have the Steelers in the division? I know before this whole thing started everybody was thinking, "Oh, the Steelers are going to finish third in the division." But to me, the rookie class and the free agent signings have made have made moves towards, to me, we're, we're fighting again for the division. And the trade. Yeah, and the trade.
4: Yeah, I think they're going to get closer to the top of the division. I feel better about them being in a playoff niche than I did at the start of the preseason for the reasons you pointed out. I mean, my preseason prediction was, Eight, eight, and one because, as we all know, Mike Tomlin is not legally allowed to finish below five hundred. <laughs> but I still thought they would regress, and I'm really not sure if you looked at how the season went. Were they really a twelve win team? Well, the way they finished up would suggest that they weren't. So if they backslide a game or two, then you're in that eight nine win range. You know, I think probably now they're more of a nine ten win team for the reasons that you point out. I wrote about the rookie class today for the trip. And, uh, you know, the great news is they have a rookie class that is probably going to be able to contribute uh, three, four, five guys deep, which is not something that's usually expected for them. But part of the reason for that is they usually have players in front of them that rookies have to bypass to get into the lineup. And Now the, the spots are just there to be had. So they have to step right. up. They have to be relied upon. And, you know, the trades, the free agent acquisitions, I think they bolstered some areas with depth that needed to be bolstered but all of this still falls apart if the offensive line is no good. And if the secondary can't find a nickel or dime
5: back, I think the line's going to be something they have to work around all year. And it's just the, the circumstances the hand that they dealt themselves, Um, you know, with all these players, the majority of them are, are unproven. And uh, that's going to be a tough one to me. I got them at a good solid nine, Tim. And uh, it's, I probably had him at about seven before the draft in terms of wins. But just, you know, in our business, you root for the story. And just for the theater that would be the Tomlin supporters against the Tomlin haters, I'm praying for that 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one that you brought up. Because
4: <laughs> Isn't that great? Just we'd that just that sit back and watch life? the heads
5: explode. You know, it would be phenomenal.
4: <laughs> yeah, and I guess then, so Mike, you and I are somewhat of similar mindsets here as to where they are. Bill, back to your question then, I I think that still nestles them in at third in the division, don't you? Or do you see Baltimore and Cleveland backsliding to the point that they're going to be worse? Like, I, I guess, Bill, you probably what have them a little higher than Mike and I do in that nine ten win range. Is that what you're su- suggesting? I
0: mean, I, I think I have them right now behind Cleveland. I think Cleveland obviously has the best roster, but I think J.K. Dobbins going down for Baltimore and some of the players that they lost. I'm not. I'm not certain that Lamar Jackson is a, a world beater yet. He could take a slide and then they're and then they're sunk. He could Mayfield, be it could be MVP again too, or he could stink. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm not just putting him at MVP by default.
4: Well, Bill, the, the J.K. Dobbins thing was funny to me, Mike, and I, I can't remember where you were, like, say, on the Claypool versus Dobbins thing when that pick came around in the second round last year. But you know, I love J.K. Dobbins coming out of Ohio State. I thought he was a really good running back. Um, you know, and and when I said that after they took Claypool, it was, oh, Ohio State running backs are never any good in the pros, and he's not really all that dynamic. He just has good guys blocking for him, and He's not a breakaway speed guy. And it was, okay, we'll diminish him, diminish him. Then you know what? He has a pretty good rookie season for Baltimore. And then what happens this year? He gets hurt before the regular season starts. So what do you hear from Steelers fans all over Twitter? Oh, the Ravens are sunk without J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a 180-degree turn. Out all of a sudden now like he was never any good and he was overrated when the ravens took him now that, that he's out all oh, the ravens the <laughs>
5: yeah watch out for those moving goalposts. they tend to
4: uh yes shift around over this time of year you know no, I, I do think it hurts them i do think it hurts the ravens does it hurt them to the point the good thing about them is their system and their stable of backs yeah. i think it's still good enough for them to offset it to the degree that i don't think they're going to fall out of a playoff spot or anything like that
5: well it also just puts them a little bit closer to having a real issue now what if uh the bus gets hurt right yes now now you're running out of backs i mean they now you
4: got justice hill and the the kid from byu and all
5: that and maybe lev
4: bell who who lev bell or city mccoy or todd Gurley? those are all the names i've heard thrown around
5: yeah i could see lev bell working for harbaugh for about five minutes
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, how is that going to go when he's actually told to do something? Uh, how is that <laughs> going to go? Not well.
2: Is Baker Mayfield going to be a star?
4: Oh, in his own mind, he already is. <laughs> I, I think in Cleveland he already is. And, you know, he's a first-round draft pick that has now gotten him to the point where, you know, he got them a playoff victory. He beat and beat the Steelers in, in the
0: playoffs. Yes. That's that's pretty big for, for a Cleveland quarterback.
4: Yeah, I mean, is he ever going to be – Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? No, probably not. But you know, I think there's, you know, Mike used the phrase before moving goalposts. I don't think you have to apply that same mentality to Baker. If you're a Cleveland fan, you just look at him as the best that we've had in a while, and right now this feels pretty good. So yeah, I
5: think he's going to be a star facilitator. Yeah, somewhere yeah, somewhere between uh, Mahomes and game manager. But that's all they <laughs> that's all they need. They, they, <laughs> right. they have everything else. They just need a guy yeah, to, to, to push the buttons.
4: They've got talent at running back. They've got talent at wide receiver. Their offensive line is vastly improved. Um, they keep getting injuries in like the back seven of their defense, and that's that's kind of alarming to me. They've they've had a jagged camp in that context. They lost the Phillips guy after they lost uh, the other kid from LSU, the safety Grant Delpit, last year. And James didn't play very much. Uh, in, in the in the preseason um you know so they they tend to have these mix and dings all the time coming out of training camp on defense but i, I still think they're a playoff team i mean if, uh, I, if the north will get at least two in probably three and then i think you know the race is who's that other team that comes out like in the seven hole uh if it's indianapolis again or the patriots better i don't know like do you, do you like the chargers is there is there a sleeper from the west i'm i'm not sure
5: I kind of like the Chargers, the direction they're headed. I got, I got a feeling Belichick's got to bounce back in them. It's just in terms of, you know, off the radar or out of the main conversation kind of teams. Those would be two that I would pick.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that's absolutely for certain is uh, for all the things we talked about with the offensive line and with the secondary, you know, they can improve those on their own with better play from those players or eventually roster recreation. Uh, one thing they can't fix for this year is the schedule. They have a brutal schedule. You know, we can all hope that everybody else takes a step back for this reason or that, injuries for the Ravens and Browns, you know, the COVID controversy up in Buffalo, um, you know, whatever. We can we can associate whatever negative uh, against the other teams the Steelers will face, the drama surrounding Aaron Rodgers for Green Bay, and hope these things bite them when they play the Steelers. But um, they've got to address their own issues too. And, you know, to use a new Tomlinism, They've got to scroll away some wins early in the season because that's going to be a meat grinder in the last month where they mm-hmm. tended to fade in December and January of late.
5: Yeah, and that's not even taking into account what the 39-year-old quarterback has left in the tank at the end as opposed to what he has at the beginning, which i got to say. Yeah, or the rookie,
4: rookie running back. Or the rookie running yeah. back who's not going to know what it's like to play 17 games and you're running behind that offensive line without not much, much help behind him. That's going to come into play too.
5: Yeah, what do you think he's going? He's got to learn how to work behind about five fewer number one draft picks. <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> right, and I and I caught myself in the middle of that. I think Alabama's been playing about 17, 18 games per season in the last three years, so I, I take yeah. that one back.
2: Thanks, Tim. Tim Benz brought to us by Dawn's Appliances. And uh, we will, uh, I guess it'll be Steelers season by the next time we talk to you. Because next week's Well, I think it.
4: I'm uh, pinch hitting for Mike when he abandoned ship and okay, you got cool. later in the week. So oh, I'll cool, see you guys cool. later in the week. All right. We'll talk soon. to you then
2: Thursday. Uh, news guys. next. And Mike will have sports at the bottom of the hour. It's a deep.
0: I love the beach. Kids have not been to the beach more than, you know, once in their life. And so that your this, kids, yeah, my kids. And so this year we're, we're on the way down, and and Kennedy's talking about, Oh, I'm scared of jellyfish, it's jellyfish season, and I'm you know, nervous. And we're all saying, No, don't be nervous. First 10 minutes in, stung by a jellyfish.
2: <gasps> no, oh, yeah, oh, right, no, right, right away, right away. So, what did you do?
0: Um, just pour wet sand on it, it hurts, and then it goes away. She was back in the ocean 10 minutes later, and, and oh, I actually wow. thought it was great for the trip. Because the thing that she was most scared about happened right away. And you realize, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And then Emma came out, like, holding her butt. And she was like, my butt stings. My butt stings. And I said... She said, what do you think this means? And I said, I think it means you've been hiding a rash from us. (laughs) Randy Bellman and the DVE.
2: Weather center 11. 70 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Window Nation. COVID stats continue to be counted in western Pennsylvania. On Sunday, health officials in Allegheny County reported 277 new cases. Uh, that was yesterday. And Dr. Anthony Fauci says he's not surprised the case numbers continue to rise. Speaking on CNN State of the Union, President Biden's chief medical advisor said people are still not getting vaccinated at the rate that's needed to slow the surge. Fauci added he's very much in favor of local vaccine mandates, but he doesn't believe that will happen at the federal level. He added they are still sticking with the eight month timetable when it comes to booster shots for fully vaccinated Americans. Fauci said the boost shot plan still needs approval by the FDA and CDC. Dr. Fauci stressed that health officials will remain flexible on the timetable. Fauci says it is possible another 100,000 Americans could die from COVID-19 by December. It could take days for Louisiana to see the full extent of destruction from Hurricane Ida. It slammed into the state yesterday with 150 mile an hour winds exactly 16 years after Hurricane Katrina. It has since lost steam, becoming a tropical storm this morning, but the danger is far from over. At least two levees have failed, forcing communities to evacuate to higher ground and wait for rescue boats. Others are said to be overflowing from the heavy rainfall. Forecasters warn both Louisiana and Mississippi are at risk for deadly flash flooding, dangerous storm surges, and even tornadoes. Mm Ida is on track to impact Tennessee tomorrow. Millions there are being told to prepare now, and as possible hurricane remnants could reach part of that state by tonight, with up to five inches of rain and flash flooding. Uh, by that time, it's expected to be downgraded again to a tropical depression. We are expected to get some of that rain later in the
0: week. Val, what would you do? Like, if you lived down there, you just evacuate the the state, right? Yeah. Try to find friends. Run in a, as far in a as you place. could. But a lot of those people can't get out of there. And that's Mm -hmm. what's so devastating.
2: Well, that's what I was thinking yesterday. I was like, it's been 16 years since Hurricane Katrina. I would hope they have better evacuation plans in place for those people who aren't able to get out. Right. Like the city and the state and the county there.
0: But I saw another guy on TV talking about the disaster at the shelters because now they're being asked to mask up in the shelters. Mm hmm. So now you're in a place where social distancing really isn't Impossible. available yeah. to you and you know deep you, when you leave your house you're not going oh I, I got to remember my mask right like it, it's just a, a logistical nightmare and they're below sea level correct so it's not I, believe, even, I yeah. mean there's no basement there's no safe place for them to go that Weather is just ripping through their neighborhoods and tearing their houses apart.
2: I saw some somebody on one of the news channels yesterday reporting from Bourbon Street, and there was a business without its windows boarded up, and all the neon lights were on. Like, come on in, have a beer. I'm like, what are those people doing?
0: Having so, a last cocktail?
2: I guess. Last call. A New Orleans site that played a big role in America's jazz history is gone. Hurricane Ida destroying the former Karnofsky shop where a family of Jewish immigrants employed Louis Armstrong and nurtured his love for music. Young Armstrong worked in the Karnofsky's tailor shop, and they loaned him the money to buy his first cornet. The young African-American man would then dinner with the family and sing with them to get the kids to go to sleep. The Karnofsky's later turned their tailor shop into New Orleans' first jazz record store. Al Roker defending his live coverage of Hurricane Ida. The veteran weatherman appeared live from Louisiana on NBC's Meet the Press yesterday morning and was seeing being... Lashed by strong winds and heavy rain as he reported on hurricane conditions, his fans were very upset by the coverage, some wondering why NBC would send the 67-year-old legend out to report in the middle of a Category 3 hurricane. Later on MSNBC, Roker said he volunteered and he is not too old for the job.
0: You knew he wanted to be out there.
2: Of course, uh, Roker exclaimed, try to keep up, and joked about his critics, I will drop them like a bag of dirt. That'll teach him.
0: Glad he didn't <laughs> poop his pants out there. It's dangerous. Yes, that weather is been scary. Messy.
2: Uh, law enforcement officials are saying the shopping trip police take with local kids was once again a success during the Shop with a Cop event yesterday at the Monroeville Mall. Officers from 13 area police departments and state troopers helped kids load up with back-to-school clothes. Macy's donated about $15,000 to the Allegheny County Camp Cadet Program so kids could spend about 250 bucks each on new outfits. The children also got backpacks with school supplies from Representative Jim Brewster and rides in squad cars. It's awesome. well, the TSA is reminding air travelers what they need to do when transporting perishable items after a pile of raw chicken turned up on an airport luggage carousel.
0: Why? Why are you bringing the raw chicken?
2: The recommendation is to put stuff like raw chicken in a sealed container with ice or dry ice. I don't understand no. this. Video the TSA posted on Instagram shows what looks like a big block of raw chicken pieces Ugh. riding the baggage carousel at Seattle Tacoma International Airport the agency believes the cubed shape is an indication that the bird parts had been in a container but got free before hitting the carousel oh now they got to bleach
0: that whole carousel right
2: salmonella
0: i mean if you're going to buy chicken if if some place has the chicken that you desire more than any other place
2: Ship it to your house. (laughs) I don't don't understand it. What are people thinking? Uh, Well, most school districts are back to school, some just getting back at it this week. Here are the top ten things kids, uh, people with kids struggle with in the morning. Getting your kids out of bed, the average parent has to tell them to get up twice before they actually get moving. I can't believe it's that low. I know. I would have said like five times. I'm bringing the average way up. (laughs) Getting (laughs) yourself out of bed, also a huge challenge. Tough. Not easy. Remembering everything your kids need before they leave the house. The books, the homework, the pens, the pencils, the... The packed lunch. Whatever else. Socks. Socks. For some reason, my
0: kids never have Socks. (laughs) It's so annoying. It's it's just... They never have them on? They never have them on. They never have matching ones. There's one on. There's, it's, <laughs> I don't want to get into it. Maybe it's just specific to my household, but it's, it's bad.
2: Making breakfast for everyone. That is tough. Packing the lunches, Bill. There you go. Number mm-hmm. five on the list. Getting them dressed. That's part of the sock issue. Yep. Uh, finishing any chores like the dishes. Getting kids to brush their teeth. Is that a hard one?
0: brushing the teeth? Yeah. Oh, it's super hard. Yeah. Cuz I mean it's it's just a a cleanliness and a healthy habit to develop that if kids don't develop it like so many kids won't brush their teeth for a
2: week. <laughs> you really so, have to hammer them. And shower. I know little shower. boys do not like Oof. to shower.
0: Yeah. So d- hey, little girls don't either. Really? <laughs> I'm here to tell you. it so, is equal opportunity stinkers out there.
2: I don't have kids. And so I don't know the answer to this question. But uh, Mila, Kunis, <laughs> <laughs> Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher and other celebrities have come forward saying they don't bathe or shower their kids daily. Do kids normally? I mean, I don't know. because no. I don't. No. I don't have kids.
0: No, if they go swimming, you know, to get the chlorine out of their hair, that's like. I was going to say
2: that's a bath. (laughs) No, no, no. That cleans them off.
0: No, they get chemicals on them. They got to get those off. Um, I don't make them shower every day. Yeah. But it's hard now because I I do it maybe every other day just because I can't smell anymore. So I don't know (laughs) if they stink. Just preventive. I'm like, do you stink? We're working on an honor system here. <laughs> you got to tell me, do you stink or not?
2: What about their hair? Because that's hair where is another I, issue. Like, how do you have your hair good if you don't take a shower?
0: Well, I, you know, I got them all these brushes and, you know, they won't let me brush their hair anymore. So I try to make them do that several times a day. Yeah. These are like basic hygiene things that if you don't get in the habit of.
2: Got to start a Merlin. You end up
0: with a rat nest. Right.
2: Uh, Getting kids to school on time. The average kid shows up late six times a year.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of anxiety about that, especially with Kennedy. She's always worried she's going to be late, so she shows up like 20 minutes early. What
2: time do your kids have to be at school?
0: Uh, Different times. Middle school starts at 745.
2: Man, that seems really early. Yeah,
0: it's super early. And then uh, the elementary school is at 830.
2: I think my classes started at like 8.30-something. Yeah. That's a
0: normal time. Yeah. And it's wow. so stupid, I think, that middle schools start earlier because their whole bodies, you know, their, their chemical makeup, their sleep patterns and habits are all changing. Mm-hmm. And so they Puberty. need more sleep and they're getting less because they're having yeah. to get up earlier. So it just, it's, it's not a, you know, it just ends up making a bunch of pubescent teens even more miserable than they would be <laughs> under normal circumstances
2: uh finding time to shower is last on the list not the desire it's the time usually the like
0: issue. we uh we 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 sneak it in under the door right before bed right and you can brush the hair mm-hmm. and then you know the night 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 night
2: A greyhound in England named Woody is being called a superstar for donating his rare blood over the past six years. Woody is being celebrated because he's finally retiring at the age of nine. But over the years, his donations have helped save the lives of up to 88 other dogs. Woody's owner, Wendy Gray, is amazed by all the help Woody has offered, explaining he's helped out families in distressing situations, and it's really amazing. After his final donation, Woody was given a special retirement gift, which included toys, shampoo, and treats. Those who have worked with Woody say they'll miss him as he always enjoyed the process and bonded with everyone on the staff. But they also recognize how much he's given and now deserves a nice retirement and all the perks that come with it.
0: I wish he could, you know, dogs could speak just so we could hear what he had to say. Maybe something like, I never volunteered to do this. (laughs) I'm happy that dogs are alive because of it. But you guys have been stabbing me with a needle.
2: Oh, in music news, Metallica's All Within My Hands Foundation has donated $50,000 to direct relief for earthquake relief efforts in Haiti. They're encouraging fans to donate to direct relief as well. And former Allman Brothers band member and longtime Rolling Stones touring keyboardist Chuck Lavelle visited Arkansas recently to shoot a webisode of his PBS online series, America's Forests with Chuck Lavelle. It's said to be the eighth webisode of the show, which has posted for up to this point. And finally, Eric Clapton says enough is enough. He has released a new song and music video protesting coronavirus vaccines and mask mandates. The song is called This Has Gotta Stop and talks about government COVID-19 restrictions and how they impose on people's lives. Uh, He even sings about the adverse reaction he had after getting the AstraZeneca, uh, AstraZeneca vaccine. Here's a clip of his song, This Has Gotta Stop.
0: This
1: has gotta stop, enough is enough. I can't take this BS any longer. It's gone far you don't want to claim my soul? You'll have to come and break down this
2: door. Oh, wow. Uh, he I'm also sorry. released. I don't think it
0: was, wasn't meant to be funny.
2: He also released an anti lockdown song with Van Morrison back in December. That was called Stand and Deliver. Uh, Clapton has been very vocal. About the campaign to get everyone vaccinated, he had a bad reaction to the AstraZeneca shot. Here he is on why he's speaking out about the handling of information regarding the pandemic.
5: I believe most of all in free speech and freedom of movement and life and love and kindness. And uh, with all of this exposure to the polarization of the politics and the medicine and the science, I found it very difficult to be neutral because I've seen scorn and contempt from both sides and uh, and I get caught in the crossfire a lot, but I don't really feel educated enough to know enough about either of these areas. So I'm talking today on behalf of people like me who may be lost, maybe need to hear someone talk about it from a human point of view without condemnation.
2: Well, protest songs have a long history. Sure. So there's a new one for you forecast today there is a chance of showers or thunderstorms today low 80s for the high at 70 now at dve i'm val porter mike Persuda on the way next with sports a walk-off a home run for the pirates yesterday gets them a win and the steelers getting ready to reduce their roster once again four o'clock tomorrow the deadline mike with sports next on dv anticipation may vary
1: dve sports
5: I'm Michael Suda for DVE Sports. Brought to you this hour by your neighborhood Ford store. You know, guys, Benzie got me thinking last hour, as he usually does. And when we were talking about how many games will the Steelers win and will the Steelers make the playoffs, this is a traditional preseason activity. I'm sure it's like this in every city, not just here where we're over the top obsessed with this kind of stuff. Of course. You look at the schedule. Yep. And you go down, okay, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win. I don't know about this one, I don't know about this one, that's a loss, right? And yep. you you do this knowing, or at least you should know, that it's very difficult to project from one year to the next. Let's just look back in 2018 of the teams that made the playoffs. Indianapolis, the Chargers, Dallas, Chicago, and the Rams didn't make it the next year. 2019 of the teams that made the playoffs – New England, Houston, Philadelphia, Minnesota, and San Francisco didn't make it the next year. And that's even with an extra team last year. Right. So the turnover is pretty profound. Like right? it's, it's a significant percentage from year to year. And it's been going on this way for a long time now that just because you made it last year doesn't mean you're making it the next year. Right. It's hard to determine this year's talent based on last year's record. Yeah, really hard. Uh, You know, injuries are such a factor in the NFL. And then you find that new coaching staff that catches fire or uh, a draft pick that's the perfect fit or the right free agent signing. There's a lot of variables that we just don't know about until we know. But, Bill, that said, I've gone through the schedule and written down, that's a W, that's an L, this one I don't know. Okay, I'm sure we'll agree on 100% of this. <laughs> Probably. And here's how I got it figured, such that it is. And we don't even know the 53 yet. and We won't know that for sure until tomorrow by 4 o'clock. At least that's when they have to have it done. But I look at the AFC North division, which I really respect is a difficult division. I think Cleveland and Baltimore are going to be very good teams. Yep. And I think Cincinnati's going to be much improved. You with me here? Sure. So I'm saying... Three out of six division games, it's a reasonable expectation to go three and three.
2: Okay. All right. Would you argue that, Bill? I would not. No. Okay.
0: No, it's conceivable.
5: So now you got eleven games left. You're three and three right now. Of those other eleven, there's three that I don't think they're going to win unless something really dramatic and unforeseen happens. That would be at Buffalo, at Green Bay, at Kansas City.
2: I think they're going
5: to win at Buffalo. I do too. Four games I think they're going to win unless something really out of the ordinary takes place. That would be the Raiders here, Denver here, Chicago here, and Detroit here. I'm banking those.
1: Okay.
5: So that leaves four games in the up-for-grabs category. Seattle home, Chargers away, Minnesota away, Tennessee home. If you win two of those four, that gets you to nine and eight. It you know, assuming all this other crap that's not going to happen happens. <laughs> and if you win three of those four, you get ten wins. And if you win all four of those maybe games, you know the fifty fifty ball. Sure, if, if you're good at the combat catch, you can get uh, to eleven, and that should uh, that should get you home. the The worst record in the AFC last year, in terms of making the playoffs, was eleven and five right so i'm gonna think 11 is probably your your bottom end in, with the extra game and even that might not be enough but again we don't know until we know the nfc it's a little easier washington got there last year with seven wins out of the uh nfc lease division and chicago made it at eight and eight. Oh yeah the nfc is a mess but uh should be interesting i i they're definitely, in my opinion, at least, trending in the right direction. They, they have addressed a lot of needs that were pretty glaring, and they've done a nice job adjusting and, and filling in the holes and going to get guys who should really help them. You know, Melvin Ingram and Joe Schobert yep. are at the top of that list. These draft picks, boy, they really look good. I mean, it's hard, hard not to imagine Najee Harris and Friar and Kendrick Green having a pretty significant impact. But that doesn't always work out that way either. So stay. I have the
0: division a little different, Mike. I think that, you know, no team is going to sweep us. And I think we're going to sweep Cincinnati. So I think we'll split with Cleveland and Baltimore. So
5: I got them going four and two. I could see that. Then again, I remember, the, who was the guy that they lost to last year, Ryan Finley? With the Bengals? <sighs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a bad one. I don't think Ben's ever been that bad in a game, and I don't see him being that bad in a game again. You
5: might be right about the former. That might have been his his floor. Yeah. Hope so. Low water, Mark. <laughs> <'Cause if it's, laughs> I think it's going to be a fun season. I'm really looking forward to it. I, me I, too. I usually do, but uh, the the uncertainty coming into this year was intriguing to me because there usually isn't a lot of that around here, and I know a fan doesn't look at it that way, but – I was real curious to see how they'd go about setting it up and putting it together. and A lot of holes, a lot of question marks. And I, it, it looks like it keeps uh, moving forward to me, and uh, we'll see. Pirates uh, pulled one out of their backsides yesterday, 4-3 to three over the Cardinals. Yoshi Sutsugo with uh, the three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, he has been lighting it up for the last couple of weeks for what that's worth, who knows, Uh, We'll see where it goes. 48 and 83. Pirates have had a lot of guys come through that revolving door that looked pretty good initially, and now they're not here anymore. Uh, Bucks are off today, and they open a series in Chicago against the White Sox on Tuesday night. I wanted to mention Saturday's 13 0 loss to the Cardinals because it was significant because the Pirates lost to Adam Wainwright again. And these numbers are just. Almost, uh, oh, man. I, I I can't even fathom what Wainwright did to the Pirates this year. Four games, 4 no, 30 innings pitched, 13 hits, one run allowed, it was earned, two walks, and 29 strikeouts. He actually went four for 11 at the plate in those four games with two walks. He drove in two runs. He drove in more runs than he allowed, pitching against the Pirates in four games. Um His 0.30 ERA against the Pirates this year is the lowest single-season ERA against the Pirates since ERA was established in 1913. Hmm. His 24 scoreless innings against the Pirates in August are the most by any pitcher against the Pirates in one month since Bill Bailey of the Baltimore Terrapins and the... (laughs) Brooklyn Tip Tops.
0: <laughs> no, tip-top. I'm sorry. I, what?
5: I got to correct this. Twenty four scoreless innings in one month are the most by any pitcher against another team in one month since Bill Bailey of the Baltimore Terrapins and then the Chicago Whales did it to the Brooklyn Tip Tops. I don't know what the Brooklyn Tip Tops did that season, but uh, what Wainwright did to the Pirates was, was just. Staggering
0: against the Pirates, Wainwright could do no wrong. It's good, good unreal.
5: For, good for them. They bounced back and won yesterday.
2: That's right. Don't S- give up. Small kids. victories. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, it is the DVE morning show.